Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back to We Move Through Stormy Weather, a fish podcast by Storm Sound and Osiris Media. We are here today for another very special episode. Uh, we had so much fun a few weeks ago talking about the Jam of the Year 2022 bracket, and we had a lot of fun last year talking about the Jam of the Year 2021 bracket that we decided that we're going to look at some other Jam of the Year brackets. I'm here with Brian Brinkman and Justin Bruce once again. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for coming back. I'm very happy that we're doing this. Um, you know, we kind of said that we're going to do four to six of these a year, but we're now doing our second one within like six weeks. So we'll see <laughs> how many we actually do. Um, you know, whenever whenever the three of us have a chance to spend a few weeks deep diving on a year and listening to some jams, then sit down and, and, and talk about it. But I, I'm excited to be doing these. I am too. We... Like you said, we had such a great time doing this a couple of weeks back and we decided there's a bunch of brackets floating around in the many. in the universe. There's many out there and they are rife for conversation, both in which jam is better because we can we can accurately provide a definition of what better means when it comes to art. We have figured that out. So which jam <laughs> is better? Discourse around music, but also did this bracket, is this bracket the correct bracket for us to analyze music mm. uh, um, off of? And over the next, I don't know, three to five hours, we're going to figure all of that <laughs> out. This isn't an episode of Always Almost There, Brian. We don't go that long. <laughs> it's very interesting. Uh, we're going to talk about 2003 to, uh, you know, spill the beans. And this was a year kind of early in my intense fish fandom. I had been a fan yeah. for about six years, but 2003 was when I was listening to almost all the shows. Uh, I didn't know nearly as much about fish then as I do now, but it's sort of baked into my DNA just because 
I listened to a lot of 2003 and 2004 fish back in those years. And then we didn't have any new fish to listen to for several years. So I kept listening to 2003 and 2004 fish. So it's been fun to go back with perhaps like a little more uh, education to my ears and to be able Mm -hmm. to put some of this stuff in context. Mm -hmm. For for me, it's been really cool diving into this bracket because 2003 and 2.0 as a whole is kind of a more blind spot of me uh, for me in terms of fish. You know, as a, a much younger fan who has grown up with every, you know, fish show in at, at, at the tip of his fingers, mm-hmm. um, I haven't heard nearly as much um, of this era. So it was really cool to really dive in and get to know this. Now, before we dive in, just a quick disclaimer for everybody. Um, you know, if, if you would like your own copy of the bracket to fill out, uh, you can there, there will be a link. Uh, in the description of the episode, um, you, or you can head to rhinestorm.substack.com where you can download one and fill it out yourself, uh, listen along, uh, disagree, agree. Um, but this bracket was um, originally done on fish.net on the forum, I think seven or eight years ago, um, maybe something like that. Uh, it was put together by the community, a group of people, seated by a group of people. Um, so we did not seed this but just like with all the brackets that we're going to do um we are pulling them all from the the previous fish.net tournaments um they were seeded by other people um except for the the 2019 one that we might do someday uh, i was involved in the seeding for but the other ones uh were seeded by other people so we are not responsible for seedings but we have opinions on the seedings most notably one of us um, and we are going to introduce a segment that we will be doing in every one of these episodes uh, called Brian's Justifiable Legitimate uh, Complaints, I think it was, or Brian's Bitchings for short. <laughs> um, so we're going to hand it over to Brian before we really dive into this bracket here. Brian, go ahead and bitch. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> um, before I do that, I don't mean to steal the hosting reins from you, but I do think it is important that yes. we set the table on where we all were. Justin, you were listening to a ton of fish at that point in time. I was listening to a ton of fish. 2003 was my first year of seeing fish. I got into them in the summer of 2020, excuse me, of 2001. Went and saw Tab at Alpine Valley. Was totally blown away by the scene, by the music. Started getting tapes throughout that summer fall. The live fish series came out. I started collecting quote unquote essential uh, shows, continued doing blanks and postage, was getting tapes in the mail. And then fish comes back. I see my first fish show on February 20th, 2003. Saw a couple more shows that summer. Then I went to college and college was really where it all like came to fruition because suddenly I had time and I could download at high speeds and I could trade tapes with people on my dorm room floor. It was an amazing period where I listened to a ton of fish. And for those reasons, 2003 is very, very special to me. Uh, Justin, where were you at in life in 2003 and how did that reflect your fish listening? So I graduated college in the spring of 2003 and promptly moved uh, to begin my illustrious weather career in Sioux Falls, South Dakota to paint the picture. Yeah, exactly. You and I were right on I-90. That's amazing. Right there together, like 20 hours away from each other. (laughs) I was uh, working at a TV station uh, making $10 an hour, living wow. on the poverty line. I had a studio apartment with a Murphy bed that folded out of a kitchen wall, and I had a stack 
of Fish 2003, uh, the winter tour CDs that I had burned from someone in college. So, you know, it was nice to have all those soundboards, um, but it wasn't like, oh, that show, I'll just dial that up on, you know, the Live Fish app or, oh, okay, I'll dig into that tour via the ReListen app. It was just a stack of CDs. Uh, also, like you, Brian, getting into the Live Fish, um, you know, not buying everything. I was destitute, as I mentioned, but like what I had <laughs> was blowing my mind. Uh, so deep into into my fish fandom, you know, no family, uh, had a job, but had lots of free time like you. So just listening to a whole lot of fish. But like I said earlier, didn't necessarily like know a ton. I, I didn't yeah. have a lot of friends who were into fish. So I was just kind of soaking it up. And guess where I was in 2003? Second grade. So when they started, no, actually, when they started. Um, I'm interested in what grade you were in yeah, in 2003. Or, or if you well, were in grade in 2003. Yeah, well, so when at the time of Fish's return uh, on 123102, um, I was, uh, I had celebrated my second birthday six weeks earlier. Wow. Wow. Um, I, I had also just become a big brother. That was, that was kind of a big deal at the time. My little sister was born in November of 2002. So it was, you know, a lot, lot of things going on in my life at the time. It was, you know, I had no idea that fish existed. Um, you know, I'm sure it had been played here and there around the house, but I, I was, I was more into the Beatles growing up. I don't know if I was even into the Beatles yet. I don't know what I was doing at this age. You were pooping in your pants, Ryan. Maybe I was reading. I, I know you that. were. There's nothing to be ashamed of. They, it's they're. Fine. I, I have, I have a two-year-old who, who still poops in her pants. It's okay. okay. All right. Well, that, that's, that's. I think that sets the table nicely. Um, we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of, uh, 2003. We are in the middle of the winter 03 anniversaries right now. Um, when this releases, it will be the day before, uh, the the big boy of the tour, uh, anniversary. Um, which is exciting. Very we're talking, exciting. we're talking. That, that's, two, that's 228. Yeah. Yeah. Nassau, um, not Rosemont. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> now Brian's bitching. All right. So back, back circling back, <laughs> circling back to that, as Ryan noted, we did not seed this and um, I've gone through this bracket and I can tell you first and foremost, there is one jam. We're going to talk about it. It's going to end up in my elite eight. There's one jam that is ranked as a 13 seed that I just, I don't know what anyone was considering when they were ranking these jams. I don't know how anyone considered this jam to be anything less than a two seed in the overall bracket. I'm, I'm flabbergasted by it. I don't want to give it away, but I just want to note that like there are some affronts and some uh, deeply insulting mistakes in this bracket mm -hmm. that really and, and you will And you will highlight these jams when we get to them in the matchups. I will. Absolutely. Um, so I just want to note that from the top, the, the biggest thing I want to focus on are the inexcusable emissions, jams that should have been in this bracket that would make this bracket stronger and the obstructionists, the jams that should not be in this bracket. Which would you guys like to hear first, the omissions or the obstructionists? Let's let's go for the obstructions first. Like, okay. Tell us what doesn't belong here and then tell us what should be here instead. So... In no particular order, I would argue that these following jams do not belong on a top 64 of 2003. The 226 Ghost, the 1231 Jim, the 215 Wolfman's Brother, 
the 731 Piper, the 226 Maze, the 221 Antelope. What what is going on? Just because it says it's 15 minutes and it closes the set, we're putting it onto a bracket. Come on. The 226 Probably. Stash, the 31 Piper, the 1230 Gin, which everyone loves because it goes into 2001. But I mean, come on. The 216 Bowie Cities Bowie, the 1229 Ghost into free and the 226 yam i would argue that's, a, that's the 216 bowie catapult bowie not cities bowie catapult. this isn't 97 this is very true this is not 97 Unfortunately. um those i would argue should have no place in this overall bracket what is missing in its place i think this is very very important that we highlight these jams that have for whatever reason been forgotten by the community but are more than worthy of all of your time all of your time the 7-8, Down with Disease, Chula Vista, highly overlooked, highly overlooked, amazing jam. Has Fish ever played a less than excellent show at Chula? Yes, uh, fall 2014. Oh, not well. a good show, not a good show. Uh, the January 2nd, 46 Days, the debut of 46 Days, amazing, oh, yeah. sludgy, incredible. I've heard that one. Version. The 12-28, Susie Greenberg. I don't know how this missed the cut. This is a jammed out Susie. I love that jam. I do too. It's amazing. I don't know why it's on here. The January 3rd, Wolfman's Brother, deep, deep funk, made people think that 1997 was back in the moment. The 12-2 rock and roll suite that goes rock and roll into Weekapog, into Tweezer Reprise, into Frankenstein, into Kung, into Frankenstein. It is all segues. It is beautiful. The rock and roll itself just absolutely gorgeous gorgeous stuff uh the 725 drowned into kung excellent jam first drowned of uh 2.0 we have the seven below into sense and subtle sounds from august 2nd but we need the rock and roll i don't know how this was forgotten off of here we need the rock and roll on here it's an amazing <laughs> rock and roll that segues directly into seven below and then just three more excuse me the 12-2 piper this is this was my you guys second, have talked about this one a lot. This was my second favorite Piper of the whole year. In 2003 mm-hmm. is the year of the Piper. How December 2nd is not on this bracket, but something like the February 25th Walls of the Cave uh, is on this bracket. Uh, I'm a pretty chill guy, but it makes me upset. <laughs> you can you should see the vein popping on his forehead right now. Uh, the 12-1 Wolfmans. We have the 215 Wolfmans. It's fine. The 12 Wolfman, 12 one Wolfman's from Albany is one of the best jams of the year that goes then into good times, bad times. And then finally the set closing of a five song first set, July 9th bathtub gin, 26 minutes long, gets into some really crazy space, kind of jazzy. Very, very good. You said that 2003 was the year of the Pipers. We're going to talk about a lot of Pipers here today. 2003 was also the year of really good bathtub gins. And I've got, some bathtub gins going pretty far in this bracket. One in particular, the seven nine one. No, that would make some really really difficult matchups. So, I yield Brian's legitimate and justifiably accurate complaint corner back oh. to you, Ryan. As we, we need to, focus. we need to come up with a good acronym for that. Um, I'll come up with it between now and the time that we do our 2018 bracket. Is that what we're doing next? Perfect. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert. But yes, we are, we are going from a big blind spot for me to like my area of expertise. So 
If you're tired of my 3.0 fish takes, don't listen to that episode when it comes out. All right, and without further ado, we are going to jump into the bracket now. We are going to begin with the Anastasio region in the top left. Uh, our first matchup, the 228 Tweezer up against the 8-2 down with disease. You know, obviously with a 116 matchup uh, and the one being the 22803 Tweezer, not a ton to say here. Um, I do want to mention, um, you know, I, I talk about this anytime somebody mentions the 22803 Tweezer in my vicinity, um, but what I consider to be my crowning achievement as a fish fan um, is finding a Cars, Trucks, Buses tease by Page in this jam that was not previously noted um, 17 years after this jam was played. Well done. Thank you. I have not yet heard that. Do you have a timestamp available? <laughs> I want to say 1930. Interesting. Um, our producer, if you could cue that up for the listeners, we just want to hear the cars, trucks, buses. Teams. The rest of the jam's okay. But I've made a note of that. You made as the as the as the producer, <laughs> <laughs> the jam chart notes on this show are very very simple, mm-hmm. magnificent. Hose them down, hear it at all costs, and that says everything that needs to be said about this tweezer. If you have not heard this and you're listening to this podcast, what I'm are you honestly doing? impressed. I'm I'm honestly impressed. <laughs> diving into a six and a half hour long 2003 discussion ha- not having heard <laughs> one of the greatest longer. jams of it <laughs> well it for the record that this is impossible to be six and a half hours long because we have a hard stop when the fish show starts tonight this there is true go. this is true <laughs> all i'll say this this wins easily in this round this makes it all the way to the championship game in my bracket i think it does from two out of three of us um which is going to be my a fascinating discourse this is your winner this is, is my second place jam of the year all i want to say is that the down with disease don't don't like pass this over the august 2nd down with disease is a great version that i think should be around like an 11 seed it's it's not the best disease of the year but it has some really cool thematic moments and it leads into a very that August 2nd show is near perfect. And there's some really fluid set listing uh, segments and there's some great jamming and this disease is a part of it. So hear that at all costs, but it's this tweezer all the way. Yeah, for sure. This was my third favorite jam of the year. This makes it to the final four. This is one of what I consider uh, four Mount Rushmore jams from 2003, just a fire hose of ideas built on an energetic groove. Trey is, he's on it. Uh, he's like doing some great point counterpoint soloing with himself around the 15 minute mark. It turns into a full fledged rocker. It's a, it's a great jam. I've probably listened to it a hundred times, although it had been many, many years since I had listened to it. So it was fun to like jog the memory, but the tweezers going the distance for some of us and going awful far for me. It's one of those jams that you put it on and like, there's just a point where I know every single note that's coming and I can mm-hmm. just play air guitar along with it as if I'm actually playing those notes. And that's a mm-hmm. testament to how much re-listenability there is in this jam. But also this is Trey is just completely on in terms of melodic stream of ideas. 
Yeah, it, it had been a little while before I uh, since I had listened to this jam, but it was like it was like hugging an old friend, you know. <laughs> Going back to it, I, I love this one. Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever thrown the term familiarity bias around before, but I, I think I suffer from that a little bit with certain jams in this bracket um, that I have heard many times, like this tweezer. But anyway, I think the bracketeer committee suffered from that as well, but that's you know neither here that's, nor there. Very possible. Of the four Rushmore jams, I would say this one has the the most uh, is is the most likely to sear itself into one's brain, and that would, for many people, I think, elevate it above some other jams that we'll get to and argue over at some point in time here. here we well, go. and at the risk of turning this into a Nassau tweezer conversation, I have just one last thing I'd like <laughs> to say about it because you you just brought this up. Um, there's like an eight minute chunk of this jam that is completely perfect and there's not one wrong note and every decision the band makes is perfect and every effect that they play is perfect and they're just in complete uh uh like harmony subcon yeah harmony subconscious fluidity like they're just connecting and in conversation with each other and it's just it's brilliant brilliant stuff and it is anathema to a lot of what makes 2003 so fascinating which is why this jam it has to be up on a pedestal because so much of what makes this year interesting is a band that is lost and is searching and not always discovering what they are trying to find, but they find it here in this tweezer. So I just think that that's important to set the table here. Please take us forward, Ryan, before we talk for 25 more minutes about the it down with disease. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to our second matchup of the bracket, we've got the 226 ghost into low rider as an eight seed up against the 726 Piper as a nine seed. Obviously, uh, this predates my involvement in the brackets um, and the implementation of the no segues rule. Um, so there are <laughs> some segues in this bracket. Um, you know, I'm not happy about it, but we're not we're not revising the history here. Um, this ghost, I really really enjoyed uh, as a keyboardist. Page is really really shining in this jam. Uh, but ultimately, I went with the Piper. You know, you're the Piper. This is an this is an excellent one. Wow. I'm, I went with the ghost. Uh, Mike, like many ghost jams, informs things. Uh, this is an eighth seed. I have this ranked higher. This is my 25th favorite jam of the year. So uh, that would be uh, seven, eight spots higher than it's seeded. Uh, it's, it's a great, great piper, uh, but... Yeah, I rolled. I rolled with the ghost. There are so many more pipers. I think that uh, that I just ended up digging more. So ghost for me. You're absolutely right that there are so many pipers that it it at some point becomes a. Am I just picking piper just because it's the year of the piper? Or like, was this really a quality version? Or were that there that many good versions? I think that this one justifies its placement here. I picked the piper ultimately. Um, it's at a point in the summer tour where Piper is being played like every three or four shows and it's opening a lot of second sets and it just kind of feels almost autopilot in the way that 2009 and 2010 featured a ton of rock and rolls and drowns opening, uh, uh, opening those second sets. This pipe, like Piper's is, is kind of in that category at this point in time in the year. Um, to me, there's a ton of really interesting ideas and, I said it earlier. I didn't think that this ghost into lowrider belonged on this overall bracket. I'm sorry, Justin. You have it ranked way, way, way higher than I do. There's no right or wrong. It's just you know, differences of opinion here. 
you know, to to be fair, uh, now that I'm looking at my notes, I, I am a nerd and I scored, as we all are, scored all of these jams on like a one to 10 scale. And each of these got a seven from me. I think mm-hmm. maybe I had a little Piper fatigue. So it really was a, a difficult choice. And uh, I guess I, I guess I rolled with the, the ghost for, for some reason, but the Piper, uh, you know, equal footing here. There we go. Next matchup, we've got the 731 Harry Hood at a 5 seed up against the 222 Piper Weekapog at a 12 seed. I mean, this is this is one of those huge summer 2003 hoods that, mm. like, you know, I, I don't love hood being 30 minutes long. Um, mm. You know, I, I like me a nice 15-minute hood that maybe goes type 1.5 for a few minutes. Um, but, you know, it's hood. Let's, let's keep it hood. Um, but th- this is a, this is an excellent jam. Um, you know, despite the fact that it's not out of a song that I would love it to come out of, still can't deny that it's excellent. Summer '03 improv. Um, I have this one going into the uh, the Sweet Sixteen here. Um, you know, I, I was I was expecting to not have it moving past the second round, um, but I surprised myself. I think you know, there's. There's three hoods across summer 2003 that feature significant improv. Alpine, Charlotte, and then this one from Camden. Um, Charlotte we'll talk about shortly, but this one I think is the strongest. Uh, It is the most connected. There's like a six-minute point where they connect around this kind of rhythmic jam and then it gets kind of bizarre in a in a melodic sense it's not really noisy it's not really dark but it sounds really strange almost in the same way that the back half of the 730 twist sounds they were in some they were in a really really cool jamming space between july 29th and august 3rd 2003 and this yeah. kind of showcases like that is just a strong strong year a strong strong yeah. week of fish and this just showcases that kind of wherever they went to, they weren't just jamming. They were finding really thematic uh, improvisational segments and building off of it. Um, I love this Piper Pog. Closes the loop on that Mike's groove. Was a really fun uh, kind of Easter egg moment midway through winter tour. Ultimately doesn't do too much more than become a segue. And as a result, Hood was an easy uh pass into the second round and then i have it going on to the sweet 16 as well in a very close matchup with the next jam that we we're going to talk about but justin yeah and i love this hood uh unlike uh the charlotte hood uh about a week prior i like that this camden hood has more of like a discreet jam in the middle as opposed to mm. somewhat aimless exploration uh, at mm-hmm. least, least to my ears, I have this advancing past the Piper. I like the Piper. Uh, Page is doing a great job. He shines in that Piper. I have this moving on to the second round, but then I have it getting upset uh, before it can get to the Sweet Sixteen, and we'll talk about that here in just one second. Oh, well, our next matchup, we've got the eight-two Yamar at a four seed up against the twelve thirty-one one Runaway Jim at a thirteen seed. Um, I, I was, I was really close on this matchup. I, I almost went Jim here. I remember, you know, texting you guys while I was listening and being like, this is a close one. Um, but I found that the Yamar was more compelling for its length. Um, Mm -hmm. I think by, by the end of the year there, they were getting into that, like, okay, we're going to play for a really long time and there's not going to be a ton of compelling improv in it. Like there'll be a few minutes, but 
not worth the 20 something minutes uh, that this gym is. Um, so I went Yamar. Uh, I do have the hood upsetting it in the second round, um, which was a surprise that I was talking about. You know, I was not expecting at, when I listened to the hood, I wasn't expecting it to pull an upset. But then it did. I have both of these scored the same. I gave them a seven and Ooh. a half uh, out of 10. I love the Yamar. It's like you're listening to them sound check. Yeah. Uh, which is the vibe across some of 2003. Uh, but I ended up going with the gym. Uh, so a 13 seed upsetting a four seed. I love Ooh. that it's loose. It sort of evolves into a pensive jam. It's got some Piper intensity in the year of Piper. And I like how it kind of falls apart and then builds back together and simmers at the end. So this was, I was surprised, but when I back to back them, I, I love both of these jams. They're both great jams, but I gave the slight edge to the gym. And then in the next round, the Sweet 16, I have the gym beating the Camden Hood. Take that. Wow. Is it the kind of aggressive, sprawling nature of the gym for you that beats the hood? Like, what was the ultimate deciding factor there? I love the hood. And like I said, it's my favorite of these sprawling hoods in 2003 but i thought that the gym had just had more energy and where the hood i'm not saying it was formulaic but we start hood mm. we break it break apart we do 10 minutes of something like we did in charlotte and like we're doing in camden and then we finish up and and we do hood justice and we finish it proper whereas i thought the gym just kind of took off and then did its own thing and kind of found its own way so it was a little more compelling and a little less formulaic again love the hood but this was one of my bigger upsets of the whole bracket i mean i think it's interesting and it speaks to like the theme of the overall year like the gym i ultimately did not pick just because when i listen to 2003 fish i hear a band that is really fighting against nature and really fighting against where they're at in life especially in the winter and the summer and kind of pushing through the darkness in their own personal lives into um uh like really creative improvisation that has this dark edge to it but is being played by guys who are battling against demons and and are really making like an actual battle against it by the end of the year it seems to me as though they have given up that battle and they've just given into inhibitions in a lot of cases and nowhere do they sound more like the band from 2004 and i don't say this negatively but like then in the runaway gym like the runaway gym to me is a pre-2004 and it technically is a 2004 jam it was right after midnight <laughs> that that 12 30 and 12 31 <laughs> those two shows sound to me like a band that is just kind of like you know what let's just give into the party and have some fun you get brilliance out of that but um i ultimately went with the yamar because like i was saying earlier that stretch of 729 to 7 or to 83 is just high octane fish and this yamar you said it best it's a sound check it's the second song of the festival it's the band still just figuring out what do we want to do and they let a song go and they still have the headspace and the focus to be on one end really abstract and experimental but in another end really focused so i ultimately have yamar winning but i have hood beating yamar so it's you know it's interesting to hear the differentiation between this kind of focused but formulaic hood that's 25 mm -hmm. minutes versus what you're talking about with this gym. Yeah. It's like I like that we all have 
I like that we're you know we're four matchups in and we all have pretty varied opinions uh, on these so far, which is cool. I feel like we were a lot yeah. more aligned on the 2022 stuff. So it'll be interesting to see as we move through more of these brackets, you know, whether there's a whether it's an era thing or a recency. I, I think that is symptomatic of the era. There's mm. you know I, I've mentioned the four Rushmore jams of 2003, but there are a lot of very good jams in 2003. And when I was sort of ranking all of these, there are a lot of them that scored similarly and, you know, they're, they're kind of bunched together. So yeah, it kind of ended up being like, what was I feeling in that moment or what just sort of speaks to me a little bit, a little bit more, but it certainly makes, I hope for more interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. You said that there was a lot, I believe you said there was a lot around the middle that you couldn't differentiate from. And I, and I would personally agree with that if that's what your interpretation was. Um, there's a ton of jams that don't reach the peaks of prior eras or latter eras, but have a ton of experimentation going on within them that make them very captivating re-listens. Yeah, like mm -hmm. I have 36 jams that I scored uh, of the what 64 that we listened to here. Uh, I have 36 of them that I scored as like seven or higher, and only five or six of those were eight or higher. So there's a lot of seven, seven and a halfs, uh, where it's just kind of, you know, whatever, whatever you're into at that moment. Uh, mm -hmm. To get into our next matchup, uh, I scored them similarly. Uh, I believe we're going to go into the stash and from twelve thirty one, and the piper from July 9th, Not to steal your thunder, young Ryan. We are, as you mentioned, Justin. Our next matchup is six seed, <laughs> six seed twelve thirty one stash up against eleven seed seven nine piper. Um, I, I like this stash a lot. I'd, I'd heard this one before. I, I actually used it in. Uh, one of my fake shows in 2021, um, I had been looking for, um, I think I, I was, I don't remember why I was looking for like a late 03 jam, but I was looking for one and I picked this stash um, and I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I think it makes better use of its 22 minutes than some other jams from the period. Um, I, I feel like it, it gets kind of an unfortunate matchup uh, in the second round. You know, I would have liked to see it go a little bit further, um, but you know, it, we'll, we'll talk about what it runs into uh, in the next matchup, but it's a very good stash. I think this stash is deeply underseeded. I think this is a two or three seed, uh, maybe a four seed at the lowest. Mm -hmm. um, I think to your point, it's very economical um, and it's a really fascinating jam in that it, it, almost works like a talk talk album does where it utilizes silence as an instrument and it's mm. very quiet at times it is not the kind of jam you would ever think a band would walk out on stage for their set before new year's eve after they've played a really rambunctious set that included mike song wilson yem and tube and first tube like fucking huge first set on uh new year's eve 2003 and then they come out and they play this 24 minute silent stash and somehow it works it has a ton of re-listenable qualities to it i think that if you had a, a little bit higher it'd have a safer path to maybe the elite eight i have this ultimately losing in the sweet 16 to um, one of my favorite jams of the overall year and a jam that employs very similar styles uh to this stash but we'll talk about that here shortly uh just a quick note this piper the seven nine piper it's a good piper it is where we get into the 
oh, just another Piper arguments because I don't yes. necessarily, I didn't have this on my obstructionist list, but I don't necessarily think we need this in the bracket. It's a good jam. It's got some cool segments of music within it, but it's lumped in with a lot of other stronger versions of the song throughout the year. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I had this Piper as my fifth favorite Piper of the year. Although if we could get 12-2 into the bracket, this would be my sixth favorite Piper of the year. But what <laughs> I love about this is Fast Fish with an F equals Fast Fish with a PH. Like Fishman is driving the Piper. A uh, lot of 2.0 textures, kind of a grab bag. And there's also this like familiar melody uh, around the eight-minute mark uh, that is heard across late 1.0 and parts of 2.0 that I can't quite place, but it's, it's in there. This Piper was my 37th favorite jam. And I think I had the stash as my 34th favorite jam. So I did go with the stash. I remember the first time I listened to this stash. I love how spare the jam is early, Brian, to your point about talk, talk. Uh, although this is going to be like some beyond the pond type homework that I'm going to have to jot a note (laughs) down about. Uh, Spirit of Eden, baby. Okay. Noted. Noted. But to my ears, Trey goes into like a hood jam at about 14 minutes of this stash. And it's very, to me, very familiar hood territory, which is cool. I ended up rolling with the stash, um, although I do have the stash uh, losing in, in the next round uh, to uh, to a big, big jam from 2000. A big boy. Yeah, one of the big ones. But this is a very, very solid stash. I like it a lot. And uh, Brian, you're probably right. It should be uh, perhaps a little, little higher seated. So my thing here, mo- moving into the next matchup, we've got um, one, one of the big boys, one of the Winter 03 bathtub gins. Uh, we've got the 214 gin at a three seed up against the 215 Wolfmans at a 14 seed. This, Brian, this was one of your why is it on the bracket jams. Um, it is. And, you know, it's against this gin, which is, again, a big boy Winter 03 gin. I, I find um, that sometimes these gins can blend together um, a little bit, like a, a lot of things with O three, like you know, you talked about the Piper thing, uh, just in that description that you gave for the for the seven nine Piper. I feel like could be applied to almost every Piper in the bracket. Um, you know, Fishman uh, pushing the jam, lots of effects and ideas happening. Like Fishman so, was he was completely on throughout this entire era. That's, oh, that's a, yes, that's something that like if if like any of these jams are elevated because of John Fishman, as we heard in 2021, like when Fishman is really driving the band, the band is in a good place good and band. Fishman drives a lot of these jams. I wonder mm-hmm. if this is when he started using the oxygen tank, like it said, breaking backstage because yeah, he's, he's driving the boat and in a lot of 2003 jams, not necessarily this one, but like at the end, if things get a little aimless, he will just mercilessly crush the crash symbol. It's like, you know, anthemic <laughs> over and over. Oh, the, the and over. China over. trash can one. Yeah. <laughs> over and over again. But that I, is, that is the sound of the year. Yeah, for sure. I will say, Ryan, to your point, there are a lot of pipers and like they can sort of bleed together. Although as we go through this bracket, I'm going to like make some notes about some of these pipers because I thought the same thing. And then I sort of tried to, mm-hmm. to tease uh, some of the differences apart. I will say about the bathtub gin, a tour opening jam chart bathtub gin that did not just happen in 2003 on winter tour. It also happened in uh, summer 99, I think, uh, mm-hmm. in Bonner Springs. Like what an old reliable, if you were going to see a tour opening show and you had to guess what's the one song they'll probably jam, for gin. my money, I'm putting it on yeah. bathtub gin. 
in, in that was... era, at least. You know, it's, it's a different story now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, now we're going to get whatever you I put more money on a Carini now, I think, for a, a tour opener show. But that's a, that's another thing. This episode is going to be long enough. Okay. <laughs> Jin, uh, this was kind of that last peak for Jin. Uh, because going into 3.0, it became the ninth song of an 11 or 12 song first set that stays right. very close to the chest, but really builds you up and makes you think it's the greatest thing you've ever heard. And then you listen back, you're like, oh, it's just another bathtub gym. But like it's in the dip. moment, yeah. Yeah. in the moment, it was amazing. Famously, the band came out for Magnaball, ended the first set with a 23-minute just mm. balls to the walls version. And since then it has expanded up quite a bit further as a jam vehicle, but this is kind of the end of that 93 to 2003, 2004 jamming period for the song. Um, I have the gin in this. Uh, I don't think the Wolfman's belongs anywhere near this bracket. Uh, I would put the gin honestly though, around a six or seven seed. I think it is heavily overseeded. It is slightly one note to me. It builds to a very cool euphoric peak. Uh, bonus points that this is like the third or fourth song of the overall tour. Um, but they also played an excellent gin in the second song of the second show back in Hampton. And that is not on this list. Um, overall, I like this gin. I don't have it beating the stash because when I look at 2003, I'm looking less for energy and more for boundless exploration. And I get that a bit more out of the stash. Um, but it's a good gin. It's a really good gin, but it's a precursor to better gins. See, it's funny. We're gonna disagree on this one. I have this gin making the elite eight. Um, wow, and upsetting and upsetting the two seed in this in this region. Whoa! Um, wow. Which you know, th this is any any big two fan that listens to this episode um, who hasn't heard my fish takes before is really gonna really gonna love it. And you know, it, it's nice to make a grand return to controversial fish takes. Um, you know, I feel like. They've been more on the DL for the last year or so because I've been talking about Goose so much. So it's good. It was necessary. People, I, people needed to be reminded that I am a child. <laughs> <laughs> Literally during this show, <laughs> you you were. Uh, I have I do have the the gin going on to the uh, to the let's see here the sweet sixteen. I have it being upset by something else in the elite eight that we'll get to. Um, it is a delightful gin jam, but. It ends up being, I believe, my third favorite uh, gin of of the year. And I have this ranked, oh gosh, like 20, 21st or 22nd overall. So for me, that would be like a five or a six seed if I'm crunching the numbers correctly. So it mm -hmm. does seem a little overseeded, but tour opener, a lot of people yeah. listen to these shows on CDRs and it's familiar at the very least. Mm -hmm. It's a great jam. You think that upset is big? Wait until we get to the only one seed I have getting upset before the elite eight. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> next matchup, we've got the seven thirty one Piper at a seven seed up against the seven twenty two split open and melt at a 10 seed. I love this melt. Mm -hmm. I have not heard it before. I love this melt. You know, I kind of forgot that melt was approached very differently in different eras of the band. You know, you, yeah. you've got like the, the early nineties melts that are just like, tight tray uh, okay, being yeah. an absolute guitar god um and building tension for however long like some of those 93 versions like i remember that one 93 dinner in a movie that happened uh in 2020 or 2021 whenever it was blew me away uh that 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 melt and this one was 
really, really interesting. You know, 23 minutes. Um, and it's like, it's really interesting because the first section of the jam reminded me a lot of some early 3.0 versions like 7, 8, 12, um, where it's kind of more contained, but Trey's kind of doing some weird dissonant stuff. Um, but then it got really good and it was just like powerful 03 melt jam. Um, I, I, I love this, you know, someone who is much more used to listening to, you know, like 2018 to the present notes. Um, very, very big change of pace. Um, and I love it. I have it winning this matchup. Yeah. I mean, there was a, if you could rely on anything in 2003, it was that like 90% of the time, the second set opener was going to have a 20 ish minute jam. And I remember watching the set list roll in to this show. You had to refresh uh, Fish from the Road, and it was like a web page, and it would refresh however long after you know they decided to insert the next song, and it would just have like a carrot, and then you'd have to like spend your whole the next <laughs> twenty minutes being like, "Wow, I wonder what's going on right now." Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was very very cool in the summer of two thousand three, just watching web pages slowly come in and making my own assertions over it. You couldn't even get people in the moment reflecting to like what was going on right uh, like someone would have to like run to like a pay phone at the show and call you mid-jam right like like, like 2009 there were people like typing into fantasy tour or onto twitter from their phones what was going on so you could at least get a sense of what the show was people were holding up their phones and you were able to couch tour at that point in time 2003 was none of this it was just oh they're playing split open and melt to open the second set and they haven't updated it in 20 minutes so it's a big jam and I remember this sense of, oh, split up in a melt is getting its due. It's We're finally getting a split up in a melt jam. Because to your point, Ryan, 1.0 split up in a melt, there are some big jams out of that song, but a lot of them are very, very different from what we've heard over the last 20 years. And this is a blues jam, and it is psychedelic, and it is like the band is playing in a garage and just turning the volume up as loud as possible, and they don't hear their mom yelling at them, and they're just going, going, going. Um, it's up against uh, a Piper that similar to seven, nine, even more. So I would say, I would say that this Piper should not be on the bracket, let alone be a seven seed. What? It is, yeah. I don't, it's, 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 a, it's, it's all right. It, it doesn't do a ton for me. It doesn't move me in the way that some of the other Pipers do. This melt wins pretty easily for me in one of those kind of classic Syracuse as a 10 seed going up against, um, I don't know, say Louisville, some overrated uh, Midwestern <laughs> school, and, and Jim Beheim comes in and just wipes the floor with them, and everyone's like, wait, Syracuse this year? They were terrible all year. Melt comes back and just I love, absolutely shocks us here. I love sports analogies. Yeah, that was basketball, hey, we're doing a that was basketball for you, Ryan. I, uh, I love the Melt. I, I mean, so the melt is a 10 seed here, which would imply it's like the 40th best jam or, or you know, some somewhere in there. I have this as my sixth favorite jam of the year. I love this Ooh. melt. This Piper, though, is really, really good. Uh, if we exclude December 2nd, which we are because it's not in the bracket, this is my second favorite Piper. So, Brian, let's just agree to disagree. I love how it's... I'm going to listen back to this. This is interesting. I really like how it's super spacey and chill from like 10 to 15 minutes and then just gets I, in, in my notes, I wrote stank face. I'm not a musicologist, mm-hmm. but like they just mm-hmm. keep going and going and put on the mustard. Uh, but I easily chose the, chose the melt. 
um, you know, it's it's a proper melt with 10 minutes of an adventure. And Brian, you mentioned it's kind of bluesy and then fish sort of redirects and they're hitting the highway going 85 miles per hour. It's just peak like hooked up fish. It's high energy. They don't know what they're going to do. They don't know where they're going, but they keep it together just barely. And the payoff for me is huge. It had been a long time since I'd heard this melt and I was really, really impressed with it. I have this melt, uh, beating the piper, uh, making it all the way, uh, to the elite eight. I have this melt beating the gin, uh, pretty nice. handily here in the elite eight. So big fan of the deer Creek melt. Can I ask a question? Cause we're going to get into your champion here in the next, I think in the next quadrant, maybe, maybe if not for a while, but your champion is obviously coming up and it is a jam. Now that you're talking about the runaway gin and the split up in a melt, these two just widespread throw all caution to the wind, just throwing ideas at the wall and just seeing what happens. Is that what appeals to you the most about 2003 fish? The sense that they could just, they just went for it. Um, I don't want to say regardless of results. Cause that sounds like I don't like the results, like, but almost experimentation for experimentation's sake. Is that, is that a big appeal for you? Let me answer that question with a question back at you. How do you feel about summer 95 fish when we're going on adventures and we don't necessarily know what's going to happen? Because my answer is yes. That is really important to me when I listen to fish jams. I want to be surprised, which is why even some of the jams we've discussed already, you know, if there's like a little bit of a formula involved, like, hey, that stash went into a hood section. Love it. Still pick the stash, but like it's not going to be an all timer for me because I'm identifying what's happening as it's happening. Whereas with this, it's like, holy crap, I've got to hold on to the seat of my pants. Are they going to pull this off? Oh, my God, they pulled this off. So, yeah, for, for me, that does get bonus points. Yeah, that's I mean, that's where I reside in summer 95, where we're going to talk about 1995 in a future bracket podcast. We are building a summer 90 or a 1995 bracket. And so there will be yes, a lot of summer that one has not been done yet. Uh, it has not been Brian's done yet. We are going to do it because it needs to be done. Other people will complain about it. It'll be exactly, great. Exactly. Exactly. And then exactly. that one, people will know who to blame. Yeah, and I'm, I'm willing to take all the blame in the discourse. Just just find me at brian brinkman at aol.com okay? yes. <laughs> right <laughs> write him letters and send them to send them to Colorado. i i know actually what you should do is you should um during hf pod live streams just like bombard the chat with complaints at brian about about the bracket there you go that's the perfect I'm place for it. It. i'm into it all right let's move on to our oh yes no i was going to say speaking of contentious this next matchup Ryan, I'll yeah. let you introduce it, but we're, we're, I feel like we've got some things to discuss here. We, we do, I think. We've got the 226 Maze at a 15 seed um, up against the 8-2 It Waves at a 2 seed. Um, this Maze was another one of those jams that Brian said, why is it in the bracket? Um, I also would like to know, like, it's, it's a really good Maze. Um, is it better than the Miami Susie? Definitely not. <laughs> um, I like it. I you know, think it does, waves... it does okay. belong in the bracket. I'll, I'll argue more in just a second. Sorry, but I, I think I think it's a very good maze. So so here's where I drop another one of my patented uh, Ryan Storm 3.0 noob takes uh, where I say I will take the Mexico 2020 waves over this one 100% of the time. Um, 
much more interesting jam to me. I I've never been huge on the like Brian. I think you called it like anti music or so, maybe that was you, Justin. It was mm-hmm. I, th- I think it was one of you guys. Um, where it's just kind of like, you know, there there's just like outer space for ten minutes, and like I see what's interesting about it, but to me, I'm much more engaged by them actually like playing like stuff like the the twelve thirty seventeen steam where the last five minutes of it are just like you know them making like low synth noises kind of like this and like you know fishman on the marimba lumina like it's cool but it's not something i really am compelled to listen to very much and so i i feel kind of the same way about this waves i did i did have it beating the melt um but losing to the gin uh in the sweet 16 so that, that that's it's my two cents on this that's, one that's interesting because i when I first listened to this, it had been a long time. And yeah, it was me who said, this is like anti-music. But I listened to it a few more times. I listened to it really, really loudly when I was at home by myself. No <laughs> wife, no kids. And that's the secret. Uh, it's it's just unlike anything that they've played, although it is like some of my favorite stuff from the It Festival, some of the farthest out 2003 stuff. And this is from day one of it, so that makes that makes sense. Uh, the digital crinkles, I don't know if it's Paige, I don't know if it's Trey, but at 13 minutes have always just had my number and given me goosebumps. I remember listening. Once those little crinkles hit at 13 minutes, I was like, oh, yes, I remember hearing this 20 years ago. Um, interestingly enough, uh, I think I think the maze is super solid. I like the maze because maze can be a formulaic song that's built on tension, but I like how this maze stretches a little via 2.0 tones. Uh, and we got into a fun text conversation with Mike's synthy sounds. It reminded me mm. of the Chicago Bulls 1990s introduction. And Ryan was like, <laughs> what? And Brian <laughs> lost his I was his able mind. to identify that it was Mike, just Thank you. not with the chicago bulls thing is that that was that was helpful but i came around after initially kind of rebuffing this waves i i came around i do have this waves obviously beating the maze but then i have the melt upsetting it i don't know how this is a two seed uh to to be honest uh i i have this ranked as like uh, the 30th jam of of the year it's super duper interesting but this is a jam you could rank it anywhere and as long as you have some some reasoning behind it or some justifications like that's that's fine with me but this is the most unique jam in the entire bracket in my opinion i think that's accurate i I think i'd agree with that hearing you guys talk about the style of music hearing you guys talk about this jam you know for me i just kept thinking is um this is one of my favorite fish jams of all time. And part of it is that I'm a huge ambient music head. Um, there are always five to six ambient albums that make the top 25 for me at the end of a given year. Um, I love fish's explorations in minimalism and ambient music throughout the summer of 1998 and into the fall, I'm a huge Brian Eno fan and hearing his style of music applied to fish is something that always excites me because what it speaks to is a band that is uh, dedicated to patience that is dedicated to hearing each other. And that is dedicated to the idea that not that something doesn't always need to be happening. And this waves masterfully does that. It's a 10 minute segment that may not be 
waves, like theoretically, it may be waves into jam. I always think that it's, it is waves uh, as a complete piece, but it's 10 minutes tacked on the back end of waves that allows them to define the space that they're in, which is this Air Force base in Northern Maine in the late evening in August. And they get to just play music that the only reason they can play that music in front of 70,000 people is that there are 70,000 people that will drive up to the corner of Maine to hear whatever hat they have to play. And so that freedom that they showcase throughout the it weekend is some of my favorite fish of all time. And this waves to your point, Justin, it's incredibly unique and it really uh, signifies where the band was at at this point and, and why they were playing this way. It's a picture perfect uh, intro- introduction into Bowie. Like the just 10 minutes of noise, yeah. it works perfectly. Yeah. It's kind totally. of a pedestrian Bowie, uh, but really, really, really works well. This reminded me of like Animal Collective, like Strawberry Jam, yeah. like kind of yeah. uh, maybe a little before that where, you know, the Animal Collective got into music by like listening and scoring like horror films. And you could use the last 10 minutes of this waves to do some freaky, you know, cinematic scoring or soundscaping if you wanted to. So. I think it's worth noting as well that Trey played the second and third set of August 2nd wearing a blazer, which is something that um, I'd encourage him to do again because it just, it worked. It worked apparently. He was conducting music. Uh, I have this beating the melt in round two. I have it beating the stash in round three. This, I was talking about it. Like there's a lot of similarities between this and the stash. I am the crazy person that considered having this upset the Nassau tweezer, but you're a crazy person. Came. I am. I am. I, my, my senses came to myself and I went back with tweezer. Thank God. <laughs> and I, I ended up with tweezer coming out of this bracket just to sort of bring it full circle yes. from the in a Anastasio region here. Perfect. I think, I think we all have tweezer, uh, coming out of this one. Um, the, the, the you tweezer, uh, divergence in opinions comes later. <laughs> but we are going to move on to the Gordon region now, uh, starting off with uh, another big it jam, the it ghost at a one seed up against the 225 walls of the cave at a 16 seed. So the first time I heard this ghost was um, prepping for a podcast episode I did with uh, Coach from Goose um, in, in January of 2021. That's an excellent episode. Uh, if, if you haven't heard it, uh, it's a really good one. Um, but th- this jam, to me, has always felt a little bit long, you know, like, and there are a lot of jams in this bracket that are like that. Um, it's a really, really good ghost. More of that 2003 sound, uh, obviously, um, you know, kind of has that like angry rocking stuff in some parts and spacey in other parts. Um, you know, I like the intro, uh, how how Fishman does it. You know, I, I wish they would still kind of do the more spacey ghost intro sometimes uh, instead of just the the mm-hmm. hard guitar riff that they do mm-hmm. now. Um, but it's a good ghost. I, you know, I, I have this going to the elite eight. This is a great ghost. Uh, it has probably my favorite peak moment of the 2.0 era. Um, they build up around 13 minutes and Trey is just 
masterfully like got us our ears around his fingers as he's just like weaving lines and lines and lines. And there's just this moment where Fishman hits the snares and hits the cymbals right at the peak and the whole band explodes and everything I've ever heard is this was the biggest glow stick war that the band ever that was ever at a fish show. There were so many glow sticks in the air. And at this point in time, everything's flying and it's just chaos and mayhem. We've reached the, the, the downward slope of the it festival and the band is just playing with house money. I do agree with you though, Ryan, I think the last eight or so minutes are a little overlong and it takes away a bit of the jam. Similar, similar to how I feel about the Nassau tweezer, which we will talk about a little bit later as we get into the final matchups of this bracket. But I think you're right. There's a segment of this ghost that could be chopped about eight minutes as they move into, I believe it's mountains in the mist. Still that middle section, that build up, that peak, the swirling leads after that, it's enough to, to win this uh, first round. And for me, it goes to the, the round of eight as well. When I first did a pass through all these jams, this ghost won my bracket. It was my favorite jam of the year. Then I ended up listening to like my, my top four, five, six jams again, and I revised, and it is my fourth favorite jam of 2003. I think it's super representative of the era. It's one of my Rushmore four jams of the year. Uh, Ryan, you said it's kind of long. Yeah, it's like 31 minutes. It is. <laughs> it literally. Uh, I it just does a lot of things. There's upbeat, blissful interplay. It's a little cacophonous. There's a groove, uh, gets peaceful. There's a digi crap groove, uh, around 23 minutes. I think, uh, it finishes with momentum and then there's kind of a peaceful sailing into mountains in the mist. I don't necessarily hear it as, as being boring. I just hear it as kind of a protracted segue into mountains in the mist, not mm -hmm. that they're playing it, but I think it works really well uh, in contrast or in con. How do you say it, Ryan, since you're uh, from Canada? I feel like you always say contrast differently. Contrast. Yeah, there it is. Thank you. Subtle. Is that different? There. I don't, I don't hear the difference in contrast. Uh, this contrast February 25th walls of the cave was the only jam of the 64, uh, that I refused to listen to. I was at this show. I think this Interesting. was, I think this was my fourth fish show in, in Philly back in February. And, uh, I, I just was overexposed to walls of the cave. Cause I, there are lots of great walls of the cave. Some that should have been on the bracket in lieu of this walls of the cave. Um, but yeah, ghost, ghost all the way. I have ghost going to the, uh, let's see, to the elite eight of this bracket. Uh, but then uh, I do not have it making making it to the final four. There we go. Our next matchup, we've got the 730 twist at the eight seed up against the 220 pebbles and marbles at a nine seed. I love this pebbles. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. it's 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 phenomenal. Um, I think the only pebbles that rivals this one for goat status is 10, 26, 21, uh, in my opinion. Um, or 1704 as well. I'll have to go take another listen to that one. You do. Um, I feel like I kind of write off a lot of Vegas 04, kind of rightfully so. Um, but It had its moments. Yeah. It had its moments. It okay, okay, Mr. <laughs> Vegas Bias. Well, I'm sorry. I was <laughs> the man's wearing a UNLV sweatshirt as we record. Right. Um, he's in Vegas <laughs> as we record. 
That is the this is a very Matt good pebbles though. Hear him as we record. It's this true. is a pebbles that ends a five song second set. Uh, ends the second set of my first show. I agree with you. It's it's two twenty or ten twenty six twenty one, and then this, and then you've got the Vegas 04 one. But this is going against the seven thirty twist. What did you guys pick here? I went twist. I went twist. I went twist without much effort, to be honest. This twist. Mm-hmm. The next matchup, the ghost, the it ghost, and the twist was one of my hardest matchups of the overall bracket. This twist is one of my favorite jams of the year. I think that it's a three, maybe four seed. It does something that reflects that 729 to 8-3 week of fish that is just so brilliant. Uh, It is so dark and minimal. And then they work themselves out into this bright and beautiful jam segment that if you haven't gone back and listened to it, like the first half of that jam sounds like mud and the last half sounds like you've emerged into this, you know, uh, uh, beautiful Eden like, uh, 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 area of the, of the planet where the temperature is just right. And there's food available and there's beautiful animals and, you know, you're just, you're wandering through this like paradise. Like that, that is what this twist does to you. And I encourage everyone to go back and check it out. Beats us pebbles easily for me. I tweeted something about the Rosemont show on its anniversary and ranked the jams. And I have the pebbles as my fourth favorite jam of, of that Rosemont show. And I got a lot of pushback. It's a great pebbles. Love it. Love the textures, love the, love, love the noise. But to me, it never really goes far beyond the pebbles inherent structure. So for me, yeah, Mm. twist was easy. This is an eighth seed, which would imply that it's like, the 32nd best jam of the year. I have this twist as the 10th best jam of the year. Brian, your point about walking into an oasis at the end of the jam, uh, I totally agree. For me, Paige on piano is just such a great light counterpoint to mm, all the grit mm. and the grime earlier. Um, so yeah, for, for me, it was twist. I do though, unfortunately have twist, uh, losing, losing to the ghost in the next round. So it doesn't go far, but it's a great, great twist. Yeah. Every time I do a bracket, there's always like the, you know, the jams like this twist where it's like, oh, this jam is so good. And like, I want it to move beyond where it is so badly, but it just can't. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That point you made though, about Paige being on the baby grand is really astute. That is a sound that you hear really for the first time on the walls of the cave, the studio version that emer- that came out in um, uh, uh, November of 2002. And then later they did the Victor disc sessions. That is still one of my favorite things to listen to from fish. And I would do anything for them to master it and release that as a vinyl box set, because that, that gives you a sense of where fish was at right before they came back in uh, on New Year's Eve 2002 and that compilation of jams you hear Paige on the baby grand while Trey is uncompressed heavy heavy effects and is a very specific sound that you hear throughout 2.0 you don't hear it again until the back end of the Randall's Island shocked us which I remember the first time yeah. I heard it I was like it sounds like fish is playing in 2.0 again this is amazing but I digress that's a good shock test <laughs> Um, next matchup, we've got the 220 simple at a five seed up against the 216 Bowie catapult Bowie at a 12 seed. This was an excellent Bowie. Um, I quite enjoyed it. Opens the show, um, but it's not, you know, super crazy. Uh, this was pretty easy, uh, for simple here. You know, I, I definitely think that 
you know, especially listening has kind of reinforced my, um, you know, I, I prefer winter 03 to summer 03 uh, jamming uh, generally, I think. Uh, I feel like there's more, I feel like there's a bit more, more like coherence to it at times. They haven't fully let go into the, um, into the, the crazy oxy jams that would, mm. you know, come out later in the year. Um, and I think one, again, one of you said, uh, winter 03 was the last time that the drugs worked for Trey. <laughs> I think. Wasn't he, he sober that. during summer 03 tour though? Well, that was a thing, summer but it was 03. still like the, the oxy jam yeah, 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 was yeah. developing. Not literally. Yes. That was, that was the following year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to nitpick too much. I hear more clarity in the summer jamming than I do in the winter jamming personally, but I think both are very strong and they're almost just, it's I'm trying to think of a comparable for them because I don't think that they significantly get better in the summer. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they get worse. I, I I think that it's very it's consistently just as good. I think that they're just winter o o three doesn't have the run of seven twenty nine to eight three that I keep referring to that is like the the capstone of of that tour in that year. I think they get farther out in summer tour. I mean, you know, they hadn't played for a couple of years together. So winter, I mean, it's a great, great, great tour, but they are to some extent getting their legs back underneath them. Uh, when I, you know, have my list of all these jams, a lot of winter jams are high up, but I have way more summer jams, uh, kind of in the, in the, in the top half of this bracket, uh, than winter jams. I scored both of these, uh, as, as sevens, um, but I ended up going with the simple. And Brian, wasn't this Bowie catapult Bowie? You said it didn't belong on the bracket, right? I don't think I don't think it does. I think it's it's really only there because of the catapult and a few moments of disparate playing that you get in the Bowie. It doesn't do a ton for me. Um, not a lot of 2.0 Bowies do a ton for me. It's very strange mm. that this song is just in the box throughout this era when they were jamming so much. This simple to me, I just talked about it on Beyond the Pond. Um, it does this thing where the, the ending of simple is so beautiful. It is one of the prettiest segments of music that the band has ever composed. And they go in a varying degree of directions out of that. It's fascinating to hear where the band can go out of that song. Sometimes you get Dick's 2014 where that prettiness bubbles up into a high octane candy type of jam. Other times you get this where it just, it descends into Hades and it's this dark dismal jam. And it's one of my favorite moves that you get out of 2003 fish. I have this simple going to the sweet 16 um, because I think that it is a more cohesive version of the number four seed that we are going to talk about here next, ultimately losing to the it ghost. I have the simple uh, winning. I, it is interesting. That's an interesting point about Bowie kind of towing form in 2003 in a year that they're going deeper and deeper and deeper into outer space or wherever they're going. Um, maybe it's just the, the, in, context of 3.0 and 4.0 it was just great to hear a tight fierce bowie um yeah so but i agree i think the simple it like rides that sweet line between kind of post-peak jamming and textures but 
and this is key, there's some still some melody involved under the surface, uh-huh. which is really clutch uh, for some of the better two, 2003 jams. Uh, and you mentioned that, you know, the last few minutes of Simple are some of the prettiest fish that fish plays. I want to throw in my uh, first show, Star Lake 99, as a beautiful Simple, and then going Gorgeous. into one of my favorite jams of of that year in my left in my toe. left toe Ugh. yeah that 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 simple my left toe was on the uh star lake 98 like bonus disc uh mm-hmm. and i have that i the, the when i downloaded uh star lake 98 a couple of years ago it like the bonus disc was just there and i was like oh and then i was like and then i listened to it and i was like oh like that and the and the star lake 97 gumbo are yeah. both very welcome additions to that box set something else happened at star lake that we will discuss in this very uh Mm. in this very region of the bracket here in a few minutes we will (laughs) what absolutely will i can't wait till we do the 99 bracket i just want to say yeah the 99 bracket is going to be good honestly every bracket is going to be a lot of fun they are i might sit the 2010 Um, bracket out though In a year where there were no songs over 20 minutes except for Yem. I think with early 3.0, we'll just need to do 2009 to 2012 bracket or 2009 to 2011. I feel Um, like there'd be a lot of 2011 in there. But we're getting off track. (laughs) We're getting off track. This is... We we are we are we are we are good at tangents. That's why both of you have been on this podcast before because... You're good at tangents. You make money by the minute, right? Here, that's how podcasts work. The longer, <laughs> yes, exactly. More lucrative. Exactly. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right. Next matchup, we've got the 725 Hood at a four seed up against the 727 Ghost at a thirteen seed. Uh, this is another, you know, really big sprawling hood. Um, you know, again, as I mentioned when we talked about the 731 one, kind of similar, kind of you know, big sprawling 2.0 jam. I uh, have this going exactly the same amount of distance uh, into the Sweet 16 uh, before losing to the 8 Ghost. Um, solid. And then, you know, this Ghost is also a very enjoyable listen. Um, I love that the the fish.net jam chart likens it to a 7-course pre-fee culinary exploration of the deliciously dank flora, fauna, and fungi of the nocturnal arboreal outback. <laughs> Kudos to whoever is in charge of the you know what two ghost on the on the jam chart. Yeah, I, I love I love that you know every ghost entry has that like kind of absurd one followed by an actual right. um, breakdown of it. We've started doing that uh, for every version of Redbird over on uh, Elgoose.net. <laughs> uh, we have one very very ridiculous explanation, um, and we are currently holding the actual explanations in our back pocket because we have a 250 character limit on entry. <laughs> <laughs> I but anyway this hood, this hood yeah, ghost matchup i have this hood winning i love this ghost i think that it's uh deeply overrated or deeply overlooked in 2003 this is uh, um the turn the 727 show has the famous uh welcome back mike uh, charge sing, uh, uh, call in second the second set. Mike had a lot of fun in Atlanta with Colonel Bruce Hampton and uh, showed up not ready to play a concert on July 27th. And, uh, you know, personally, I think it's inexcusable. And um, I think he should have been benched for the night. But, you know. Uh, he, who, who do you bring in at that point, though? Like you just play a three-piece fish? Yeah, why not? 
Trey can play base, basically. I mean, let's just let's just do that. Um, but instead, Trey decided this... to bully him for the whole night. It is a little uncomfortable. Like, I mean, Trey, it's you know, very uncomfortable. I, I, I may not always prefer Trey's love and light uh, playing uh, to like Trey's gritty. I'm I'm in it playing from 2.0, but uh, I, I do prefer his gentle nature nowadays to uh, to what was going on back in 2003. I, I don't think it's too far to say he's kind of a dick in this show. And, you know, granted, like they're making, you know, thousands of dollars playing a concert. And like, you know, this is your job. You have 20 of these shows to show up to for a summer and you can go do whatever you want. But he is kind of like towing that line between ribbing Mike and being like, hey, dude, you you fucked up. We're hey, you're going to sing all these songs. <laughs> like, <laughs> Here's Yamar and Down With Disease back to back. Like... Fuck you. <laughs> um, I have this hood winning. I have this hood losing in the second round to the simple. Um, this hood, as is described in the jam chart, it's spectacular, very type two. Between this and 731, the jam here gets a little bit further removed from the norm, working through several exploratory segments before returning to a close. I think that this hood is emblematic of where the band was at in 2003. And I think it's emblematic of the best things that the band did, but I don't think it works as well here. I think to your point, Justin, um, I think you said this, it, it feels like they are trying to push out of hood to prove a point, which is cool, but it doesn't work as well or as naturally as the 731 one. And it doesn't connect uh, around a thematic segment of improvisation that to Ryan's points justify its length and overall existence. So um, I think it's a very important jam. I don't think it is as good as some of the other big jams of the year, which is why I have it losing in the second round, perhaps in a different setting, it would have won, but I have it losing in the second round after beating this fascinating ghost from the um, fish, put them up fish show putting up our dukes i think these are both similar quality jams i think that the hood is over uh not overrated but overseated and i think that the the raleigh ghost is really 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 underseated uh that said i i did end up going with the hood just a little more adventurous i mean it's 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 a half hour hood and even though to my ears it was like a little aimless in the midsection that's not necessarily a knock even though it sounds like one there's still there's still doing things and there's still stuff to follow i love the serene piano that kind of wraps up the exploratory part it's great interplay with trey um, so it was a close call you know six one half dozen of the other but i went with the hood although i do have the simple uh, from from Rosemont beating the hood in the next round. I had heard this hood before. Uh, thank you, Dinner and a Movie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that was one this of my was the, Dinner and Movies. They, the infamous uh, chomper on the phone in the first <laughs> set. <laughs> that was, I think that was my favorite part of that Dinner and a Movie. Like, you know, just funnier than the show was everyone being like, oh my God, like there's a guy like, you know, the whole seeing show where his drug dealer phone. is or like trying right. to find his friends or like facing right. the camera. And then there was an Instagram account that like tracked down the guy and did like an interview with him like a week later, wow. which was really, really funny. I um, was fascinated that anyway. they picked this show for their two point, their 2.0 show. I was really fascinated that fish, which has stayed away from any sort of 2.0 communication really since it ended for, 
good reasons in certain areas, but others, like, I think that we're 20 years on from 2003. It would be cool if the band and the, the overall organization celebrated this year because there's a lot of good stuff throughout 2003 and i was very happy to see them do a 2.0 dinner movie show just seeing them at that age and that stage is fascinating perhaps a an lp on lp number five i mean i have a jam that you could choose for that um we'll get to it are we, are we gonna get there brian we're gonna we get there <laughs> there's been a lot of chatter about uh this mystery jam uh that we're gonna get to at the end of this region Next matchup, we've got the 8-2, 7 below, sent 7 below, up against the 7-19 Yem. Really good Yem. Not much of a not much of a contest for me here. Um, you know, it's still kind of cool hearing um, you know, older Yems where they're still like doing interesting things with them. Um, you know, again, my my 3.0 uh, my 3.0 brain is used to you know, Yem kind of building for a few minutes and being done. So it's it's cool hearing um, a longer version that does a lot more. You know, Trey sounds amazing. Um, but this sense, uh, or the, this Seven Below sense uh, sandwich, you know, despite the fact that I find a really, like, I find it really difficult sometimes to, um, like, judge this fairly because it's two songs, um, because of my inherent dislike of including segues in a bracket. Um, you know, like when, when they, when they went into sense, I was kind of like, oh, like this isn't the same entry, but it is, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but I enjoy it. You know, I, I have it losing to, um, the, the three seed, uh, in this region, which we'll get to in the next matchup. Um, but solid entry. And Ryan, I know you don't like segues in brackets, but Brian, and I would agree with you, uh, oh. you, you believe that there should be more segues in this entry. So I'll let you go first here. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. I really appreciate that. The 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 rock and roll that precedes the seven below directly segues into the seven below, which then directly segues into sense and subtle sounds, which I will note directly then segues into um whatever that song is, uh spin it round, which everybody has spread it round. Spread it round. Which everyone has co collectively forgotten its existence with good measure. It's some of the words. It's it like yeah. that is like a 2018 fish song in 2003 from a lyrical and melodic standpoint. At least they didn't um, have Pinterest back in 2003, so we can't <laughs> stick a stick a verse about Pinterest into spread it round. Hey, I mean, but Paige, that's like Paige the best liked part of that and, song. Page would have liked an editor on uh, people, <laughs> people everywhere. Whatever that song is called. What is that song? Uh, I hope I don't hear it everywhere. I don't even know what that song is called. Um, things people do. Is that what? Yeah, called? that's it. Things people do. Yeah, um, I don't like that song. That's what. That, those are things people. A lot do. of big boat. A lot of big boat songs are now big bust outs now. With good measure. <laughs> um, and they uh, should. I, and they should. Their, their mystique should only grow. Yes. Like I, I'm right there with you. Like, what is this song, Friends? What, hey, what happened to Friends it? Friends is an awesome album op album opener. For, I'm gonna ride or die for Friends. I would love to hear them bring back Friends. I saw okay, the debut bad of example. Okay. Uh, Running out in of 2016. time. Not oh, a bad I love song. Out of time. That's a 2.0 song. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's a written in 2.0. Oh. Yeah, no. It was on Big Boat. Yeah, it was not put on record until Big Boat. Um, oh, well. We're getting off, 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 off kilter again. Yes, I, I, I think that Tangent. if you include the rock and roll here, this, this, this rock and roll segment 
with with the seven loaded cents, it wins easily for me. But without it, it's a lesser jam. And for me, it's this is the this is the last best yem. There have been some great ones. Wow. In 2022, we had some really, really good ones. This is Baker's the last dozen. best. Baker's Dozen had a very good one. This is the last best yam, though. This is the last one to really find a unified theme in the jamming segment and really blow it out. Uh, it is an excellent, excellent jam. I have it upsetting in quotes because the seating's ridiculous here because we're missing the rock and roll. But I have it beating the seven below in sense. I have it beating the number three seed and losing handily in the Sweet 16. I love this You Enjoy Myself. If you are not familiar with it and you're wondering, is there a 2.0 jam that doesn't sound like 2.0? This jam is it. It's incredibly bright. It's incredibly beautiful. Uh, and it rocks throughout the whole thing. This is my favorite yem, I think, of of the year. Not that there were many to choose from. Uh, I scored both of these jams similarly, uh, but I ended up going with the seven below since seven below. Uh, to me, as opposed to like obliterating a song's structure uh, to find new territory, uh, which which they definitely did in some of the bigger jams at it. Uh, I love how it's hive mind and it's just all four of us, but operating as one organism. And I think, um, I just think that works really, really well. One note, uh, as, uh, they're about to leave seven below and go into sense. Uh, it sounds like they're going to play 46 days, like very clearly to me, mm. but Mike, uh, steers them. At least that's Says what no. it sounds like into sense. Thank you very much, Mike, because, uh, saving 46 days for the, the second day at it proved proved to be a very uh, astute maneuver. And I did it. Yes, it did. It did. It did. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about the it 46 days. But yeah, so for me, it was it was the it segue fest here. Although it's a great yem. All right. Next matchup, we have the three seed 216 Piper up against the 712 Ghost at a 14 seed. I love this Piper. Um, I think this is my favorite Piper of the bracket. Um, really, really amazing jam. Uh, you know, laugh at me all you want, shake your head. No, I, I think most people. I think most people would agree. with It's you. a great Piper. It's this a great. Is, do you know what I, this is called? You don't you know what agree this with is known me. as what? The Viper. Yeah, it happened in Vegas. The Vegas Piper, and it really fits the overall sentiment of this jam, which is crisp and slightly sinister in an upbeat way. Uh, I was just talking about the Yen being like a anti-2003 jam. It's very upbeat. The, the jamming peak of this, it's not just a, hey, let's build to a big peak. It is Trey playing chords, start-stop jamming, and the band just playing at this high-octane uh, uh, pace. It's an unbelievable piper. I, I have it just like destroying the 712 ghost which is a good ghost but it's it's the viper all the way even though i have it losing in the next round to the you enjoy myself yeah i think this ghost is like a little uh a little not lazy but it it it's just kind of a chill ghost it's the kind of ghost that they would play at the gorge in in 2003 i i easily went with the uh with the piper uh it's a super energetic performance page is just kicking butt he shines the most. Uh, Trey uh, like does some down with the Z's stuff to finish the jam and down with the Z's open the set. Um, I was shaking my head, which is a great move on a podcast, Ryan, just because <laughs> even though everyone loves the Viper, 
uh, to me, when you compare it to all the other Pipers of, of the year, this ends up as like the fifth or the sixth most interesting to me. Um, you know, I, I understand how this would be perhaps one of the most popular, but just as far as like unique jam value, uh, this Piper sounds like what a Piper should sound like to me. Maybe that's because I've listened to it a million times, but there were other Pipers that I ended up liking a little more. All of that said, I went with the Piper. I then had the Seven Below Sense and Subtle Sound Seven Below uh, beating it in the Sweet 16. All right. Next matchup, we have the 228 back on the train up against, uh, oh, that's a seven seed, up against the 1229 Ghost Free at a 10 seed. I went into this matchup being like, there's no way I'm going to pick this back on the train. I've heard it before. It's really good, but it's standard. And then I picked it because neither of these jams are super interesting to me. Um, that I don't have much to say about this matchup. Like, I have no idea why this back on the train is a seven seed, um, but the Miami Susie Greenberg isn't in the bracket. Um, it, again, really good back on the train. Phenomenal build. But why is it seated so high? I think it's seated so high because it happened – on 228 and it's just such yeah, a yeah. such a well beloved show uh it, yeah it's it's a great it's a great back on the train but it's and i love back on the train um, yeah but it's it's type one maybe like type 1.25 i mean whether <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> whether you think uh trey is doing san jose licks or looking into the future and playing no man and no man land that's licks, what sorry I don't know how we've gotten almost halfway through this bracket without me mentioning it. Trey plays the No Men in No Man's Land lick in like 70% of these jams. <laughs> See, He's driving me nuts. Well, he, he does, but to me, that's the San Jose lick, and I just promised right. that I wouldn't point out all the San Jose licks because <laughs> there are so many. So I find, I've, given, I've given up the ghost. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I did go with back on the train, uh, but also it put a little smile on my face to see what happened uh, to this beloved back on the train in the in the second round. Yeah, I picked back on the train here um, for a couple reasons. I mean, we talked a lot. Uh, listeners to this podcast are not privy to our internal text messages that um, you know go back and forth, and 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 the word context and the idea of the importance of context was a contentious point in the um, in the planning stages of this episode. You ask Ryan, why is this back on the train here? Context matters in this setting. It is midway through a first set that has featured the bust out of Destiny Unbound and an excellent, excellent bathtub gin that we are going to talk about in the next region. This then comes and goes for nearly 12 minutes. It's the first time since Fukuoka 2000 where they take the song out there, if you will, although it stays quite within the back on the train riff. This is where you hear... Out there, this is where you hear the band employing the style of music that is loved by many of us in the Midwest, and I'm guessing in the West. And if I lived in Canada, is Colorado too... the Midwest? Well, I'm from Chicago, and 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 it, this reminds me of Chicago, of like music okay. in the Midwest. Uh, Chugal. This is a Chugal, Chugal, ah. Chugal jam. It is a very dead influence jam. It almost makes you think that whatever reason they did not play destiny unbound for 10 years 12 years at this point in time bled over when they played back on the train a few songs later um 
back on the trains had such a unique history. We just, as we're recording this fish just played a beautiful version in Mexico last night. That kind of was a type 1.5. It left the song, but then faded into my friend, my friend, um, this back on the train. It's one of those moments of 2.0 that if anyone ever tells you, ah, they couldn't play their songs then first and foremost, tell them to shut up because they don't know what they're talking about. And secondly, put on this back on the train because it is incredibly tight. It is incredibly on the nose. Um, the only other thing I want to say, this ghost into free from 1229, 1229, 2003 got a ton. The second set got a ton of hype in the months after Miami and in the inner intervening years between 2.0 and 3.0. It's a fine set, but they've played that set so many times over the last 15 odd years mm. that it kind of loses its luster. It is the band figuring out easy segues to avoid deep jamming. Good energy, good song selection, not really my cup of tea. I want to hear them fail and trip over themselves and figure out weird misdirections that lead them somewhere rather than just segueing. And this ghost in a free kind of does that in a way that uh, is fun in the moment, but loses uh, listenability for me. I mean, you could uh, be in, sorry, you could be in a dark room and you know, the jam is coming to a close. Maybe it's a little aimless and you just, I think anyway, you start strumming a D chord and boom, you're playing free segways. Right. Free. Wow. right, right. <laughs> Segways to free, uh, you know, should count as like half segues in my book. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not. Other than SPAC 95, Super there's difficult. no real good point. Like, Ooh, true right. segue into free. Um, I have this back on the train losing handily, though, in the next round. <laughs> so everything yeah. I've said about it, I love it. It's an amazing back on the train. Handily. Losing handily. Handily. Well, I, I'm going to turn uh, this next, next matchup over to you, Brian. We've got the 15 seed 1129 twist, which is a great jam. Um, but it's up against the 729 cross-eyed into Thunderhead. Not sure why Thunderhead was included in this matchup, but I'm going to let Brian take this one away. This is the moment he has been waiting for. <laughs> so just really quickly, a few words about the twist. Uh, this is totally underseeded. Uh, this should be closer, I would say, at the low end to an 8 or 9 seed, although I think it could be, you could make an argument for it to be higher. It's a really interesting twist in a very bad fish show uh, that made a lot of people question why they were on their 20th anniversary tour and playing shows like this, justifiably. Um, it loses, you know, we're talking kentucky 2015 versus like fairly dickinson type of stuff um totally totally this is like an 83 <laughs> to 35 first round matchup between a two and 15 seed uh cross on and painless is my jam of 2.0 i challenge everyone out there to find a wrong note in this cross and painless. There is not a wasted second of this jam. The band is fully alive, fully in communication. They're weaving in and out of themes. Trey is completely in command. Fishman, everything you guys have been talking about in terms of driving jams forward. Fishman is everywhere all over this. Mike, freaking Mike of all people, sounds interested and he sounds alive <laughs> and he sounds excited to be in fish. And Paige no, is- No way. I it's mean, it's shocking happened. to me. It's shocking to me to hear it. <laughs> and Paige colors everything over. It is, I have listened to this cross and painless probably 200 times. And it is one of the few fish jams that I have yet to memorize in my head. 
there are jams you talked about this earlier justin that like are imprinted on your brain and you hear it and you're just like oh that's that line and this is what happens and sometimes it loses its luster you reach that point where you can predict what's going to happen in the jam as you're listening to it and you're like shit it doesn't have the surprise factor anymore i've never lost that with this cross-eyed and painless i hope to never lose it i have at this point it's like the island tour to me I reserve it for only anniversaries and competitions like this to go back and listen to it. This is not just getting a, Hey, I'm getting in my car. What to listen to throw on the cross side. It's not abused like that. This is a jam that we, we, we light a candle. We have some quiet time and we listen to fish play masterfully in the improvisational style. So this to me, it wins this bracket upsets the ghost goes to the fi- to the final matchup and it beats. Yes. It beats the Nassau tweezer. I love this cross-eyed. Totally agree with everything you're saying. To me, this jam is the thesis statement for everything that's right with with 2003. It toggles between high energy, chill, exploratory grooves. It's crisp and clean. People who are like, oh, everything sounded sludgy. No, no, it didn't. Not this cross-eyed. So (laughs) yeah, I I have the cross-eyed beating Beating the Ghost. This is my second favorite jam of the year. Uh, I don't have it winning the whole year, uh, which is what second favorite implies, but this is a tremendous cross-eyed. I will say that I was at the uh, the Philly show, uh, the famous Friday Encore Philly show. I love that song. I was cool with it. <laughs> On paper, that's not a, that's not a bad show, uh, but the Twist Jam is really, really good. Um, however long it was, like 20 minutes, a set two opener. As you mentioned earlier, Brian, mm-hmm. that was kind of the move in, in 2.0. Uh, it's a very contemplative, satisfying jam, but it's just kind of a weird show. And it's going up against one of the best jams, not only of the year. I really think this is one of the better fish jams. I don't know about all time, all time. but it's it's in the conversation. All time. All to- I mean, I, I don't think it's the best, but it's it's an all-timer. Yeah. There we go. I, Justin, I'm curious, you know, Brian said that this is, this cross-eyed is a jam that only gets played on special occasions. Uh, for me, I, that's the, the Baker's dozen chalk dust. Um, I, I, I don't listen to that one very often anymore. I used to a ton. Um, and now I, now I save it for special occasions. What, what's your only on special occasions fish jam? The Raleigh tweezer from 99 is, which I I just love. Great choice. Dearly. Uh, when when Trey is hitting hitting that lick and and Fishman hits his like wood blocks right around thirteen minutes and then it just sails and soars for like the next six or seven minutes. So I don't want to, you know. I, I heard Mike say Mike in his solo band in two thousand and eleven covered some Gillian Welch. Uh, and I'm a big 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 fan. I think Fish covered a Gillian Welch song at Dicks like back I think mm-hmm. that year mm-hmm. uh, and. Mm-hmm. Mike wasn't talking about this song specifically, but he was saying there are covers that they do that he just doesn't want to play all that often because he doesn't want them to to lose their their luster or how special they are. And yeah, I think this cross-eyed kind of fits kind of fits that bill. Relatedly to that, there's one of my favorite fish jams of all time is the 1123-1985 whipping post which was played in front of no one. It was played in Goddard College. This is the famous story where the band started jamming. They passed around a joint. This was right before Thanksgiving. Um, Mike smoked a little bit of the joint and he felt like he left his body and had the best jam of his entire life. They finished the jam. He put on his guitar. 
walked out into the woods, contemplated just staying in the woods forever because he felt like life could never get as good as it did in that moment. Luckily, was, they played better jams after that. <laughs> well, was was brought back into the cafeteria, and that's when they played the whipping post, and it is Mike's oh. <laughs> revelation jam. They, they, he realizes in that moment that, oh, I should keep doing this because better things can happen. The last thing I played was really good in that moment. And he says mm -hmm. it's his, his epiphany moment where he realized he wanted to be a musician. He's never listened to that jam and never intends to listen to that jam. Sometimes wow. with these jams, you just, you put them away and you mm -hmm. take them out only when it's essential. That's yeah. his cross-eyed. Wow, Brian, you seem to know a lot about 1985. Are you doing a podcast that covers <laughs> every year of fish? I know a lot about fish and nothing about the stock market is really all I'll say. Well, you'll be able to retire on all those fish jams one day. No, definitely. The investment's <laughs> going to pay off someday. <laughs> there it is. All right. And that brings us to the close of our second region. We are only halfway through, if you can believe it. Moving into our third region, we've got the McConnell region in the bottom right here. We've got one seed, 715 Mr. Completely, up against 16 seed, 214 Walls of the Cave. This is our second Walls of the Cave that's a 16 seed in this bracket. This Mr. Completely is like absolutely sprawling uh to me when i think of you know really huge summer 03 jams i think of this one um i had heard this one before a little while ago um you know back when back when fish were playing utah um i forget that this, there's like a you know there's like an outdoor amphitheater in utah is it is it, i don't know if it's still there um but this jam is crazy um you know there's there's so much going on obviously this does not include the the low rider Big black furry creature from Mars, buried alive. Big black furry creature from Mars, ha ha ha. Big black furry creature from Mars, and the return to Mister Completely. It's just the first half hour, which you know really excludes a lot. But it, you know, it wins this one. Uh, th this jam is incredible. It goes to my final four uh, before being beat by the Starlight Crossup. This jam, uh, yeah, goes goes to my final four. Also, uh, gets beat by the uh, Star Lake cross-eyed but yeah it's it's a beast it's gritty it's grinding it's determined it evolves a few times over uh, this this is also a very fair example of, of 2003 in a nutshell they go for it and just a, a quick tidbit uh, i assume this is yeah at the, at the outdoor venue in salt lake city summer 95 tour in west valley city utah uh, okay so it's not it's a it's a non-covered shed it's very similar to chula vista it's, it's uh, a stage with the speakers and then they have like seating and then a lawn, but it's just all open. It's down under a shed at that point. Fish learn their lesson uh, to play. If you're going to play Salt Lake City in the summer, do it in July and not in June, because in summer 95, they were going to play an outdoor show in June. And then they had to move it indoors to where the jazz play uh, because it was snowing in the mountains. Wow. Summer '95. It's, it, it's still the, the venue's still there. I just Googled it. Uh, the USANA Amphitheater. Looks cool. This is Vish's last performance, though, at this venue. And I yeah. believe this is their last performance in Utah to date. Mm -hmm. Like, why I don't not? Think go they back, played the go back to Utah. Center. Well, you got Dick's right down the road, and you got Vegas right down the road. It's, it's from true. a market standpoint, they'd only be pulling from basically it looks like, Denver and people flying from the West Coast. It, it, based on these the pictures of this venue, it looks like there's like a wall, and then there's just like a big like cube that juts up and just like the inside of the cube is carved out and it's the venue. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not a attractive. Like, I mean, it's uh, an outdoor. Aside from the mountains. Like Chula, like you said, but yeah, it, anyway. 
I, I, I just I was just talking about how we need to go faster, and now I'm going off on a tangent about the shape of the venue analysis amphitheater. Anyway, you're just leaning into your 2.0ness. Um, I have this Mister completely winning handily in this round. I have it winning in a very difficult matchup in the next round, but then I have it losing in a very close upset uh, by the most underseeded song of the entire bracket uh, in the in the Sweet 16. So, in a properly written and ranked bracket this mr completely probably makes it to the elite eight i don't have this in the final four i do have it losing a little bit earlier though because there's just a ton of mistakes in this bracket from a seeding standpoint from this specific region shame um, on you fish.net people from eight years ago you just can't ask the community to rank things when not everyone does their homework it's just it's a very specific thing not everyone does their homework and it's just that's okay that's that that happens. Not everyone listens to jams as detailed as Justin does and then points like posts like 15 tweet threads about like a <laughs> random fall 99 show that literally like 10 people who were not there have actually gone back and listened to. He does that homework. No one that I know of listened to the entire Spring 93 tour aside from me. I've never heard anyone who's actually for done fun. that other than like for fun. Sure. For fun. All I of it. Do that. Because you need that evolution. And so, you know, I'm going off on another tangent. This Mr. Completely is great. It goes off on great tangents. It grooves. This was one of the weirdest. They debut the song, middle of the summer tour, and you get this seg- this this sensation that, oh my God, Fish is going to start debuting tab songs. They don't need horns. They can just become Fish songs the way that Jabu and Sand did. And then this song was not played again until... July 19th, 2017. Yep. Amazing Great version jam. of Pittsburgh. Someday we're going to talk about that one. Someday. That'll be your time to shine, Ryan. Oh, I, I, there are going to be lots of my times. It'll be to a time. seven hour uh, episode about <laughs> 2017. And then the 10, ep- 10 hour episode about 2018. <laughs> Next matchup, we've got the 713 7 below at an eight seed up against the 719 Piper at a nine seed. I, I went Piper here. Um, you know, this is definitely suffering from Piper fatigue um, in this bracket. You know, the, obviously, you're the Piper. We've talked about so many versions. Um, this seven below is really good, though. Uh, I'm also a sucker for Hendrix teases, um, of which there is one. But I, yeah, I, I went Piper here. I, I feel like at this point in the bracket, you know, I feel like I needed more of a uh, 2.0 background um, going into this bracket to be able to fully appreciate everything. You know, I, I'm feeling a little bit fatigued on the jamming style, and I think I'm going to need to take a, a 2.0 break for a few weeks after doing this. Um, but yeah, they, these jams were an enjoyable listen. I went Piper. I have both of these jams scored fairly similarly. Uh, I think that the seven below is great. Uh, speaking of earlier, all the Fishman crash symbols to to finish finish the jam. Uh, but I went with the Piper. This is actually my favorite Piper of the whole year. I like how it breaks the Piper mold. And at the end, um, it's almost like they're uh, rolling, rolling the jam uphill. It takes a lot of work. It is grand and it is gritty, uh, but it gets to where it needs to go. So yeah, for me, it was Piper, although they're both great. 
I went Piper here. I tried to avoid attendance bias. I was at this show, but listening back to it, I love the seven below. It's one of those jams that could only be played at the gorge. They are playing seven below and then out of nowhere, they are not playing seven below and they are playing a my bloody Valentine wall of sound noise shoegaze jam. And that goes on for seven minutes. And then out of nowhere, we're playing seven below again. It's a very bizarre only in 2003, only in 2.0 type of jam, but this Piper just has a really good evolution, really good flow to it. And around 13 minutes, Trey employs the tremolo pedal in a way that I had never heard before and absolutely fascinated me watching it in the at in the moment at the show and also listening back um it then peaks in a slow build peak slow build piper slow build peak really really unique stuff love it all right our next matchup we've got the 220 got a jaboo at a five seed up against the 1230 tube at a 12 seed there are two tubes in this bracket um neither of them really grabbed me and did, did a ton. Um, I don't think, you know, the excellent tubes, but not super outside the box. I think people really have a thing for inside the box, really good tubes. Same reason why people really love 12797 and 122997. Me, give me the jammed out ones from 2017 to the present any day of the week. Um, you know, again, my, my, my area of expertise in terms of fish, but th- those are, those are my favorite tubes. Um, this Jabu is incredible. Um, I, I love this Jabu. Um, one of my favorites of all time, um, you know, up there with like 123017 and uh, this one from 2000. Um, or sorry, 123117, not 1230. You got that right. But wow, the, the, just the groove they hit on here is amazing. And, you know, I wish it could go further. But as Brian mentioned, there's a, a severely underseated jam that's uh, coming up in the middle of this region that's going to blow a hole through some things. I think that this Jabu benefits from, you know, in hindsight, people really loving the Rosemont show. Uh, it's a great, great, mm. great, great show. Uh, and it's a great Jabu, but it's basically Jabu the whole way through, just kind of with 2.0. Nice rhyme. Treatment. Thank you very much unintentional i'm surprised that the tube is is a 12 seed uh, i wish that th- we would have included a segue into la woman because it is wild and it is raucous uh, it gets real weird i think that this tube gets way 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 out of the box since uh it's it's noisy but it's driven by melody so there's some inherent structure to it uh so for me it was all about the tube uh, although i do have the the tube uh itself being upset in the next round. I want Jabu here, uh, attendance bias potentially. Um, it's interesting your notes about the this show or this jam being popular because people love the 220 show. When I walked out of 220, the only jam I really loved was the Jabu because it was the one that gave me the closest sense sentiment to what I thought Fish was going into the show. I've always talked to this show as like the perfect first show for me because it completely rewrote all of my expectations about fish in the moment. Um, I was going in super excited to see fish. I wanted down with disease. I wanted Mike's song. I wanted divided sky. I wanted yam. I wanted all the big songs for my first show. And I got okay, none of them. noob, total noob. I got none of them. 
And I got this dark mercurial show where the band doesn't say a single word to the fan base throughout the entire night. Like you wouldn't even have known that they liked us. They just walked on stage, played music, walked off, and that was it. And the only moment of euphoria came in this Jabu. And so I voted for this. I don't really like the 1232. What? Uh, I don't really like the doors and I don't really like fish playing the doors. And I don't really like that this jam. Ryan does not like, like 10, 24, 21. <laughs> I do not like 10, 24, 21. Uh, look, there are two artists that I grew up listening to that I just can't get into in my older years. It's probably me, but it's Eric Clapton and it's Jim Morrison. And uh, so that's just going to be an automatic strike for me. I'm sorry. Uh, there's nothing else I can say. It's the Jabu. They didn't even include the segue to LA woman in the bracket though. But, yeah, but it's but there. It, it's, it's there. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> Brian knows that the doors song is coming and therefore points I know we're that. losing tube for LA woman. I just know it's uh, happening. Just has PTSD to the second set of 10, 24, 21 when Trey started singing LA woman. Amazing tweezer. And then Trey started. And I was like, dude, just do one verse. And then we're back in the jam, please. That's what I was hoping. We were. I had the same thought. I knew everything that was going on then and I didn't like it. It was fun. Anyway, next matchup, we've got the 226 MoMA at a four seed up against uh, the, you know, the jam that we've been alluding to this whole time about being severely underseeded a 13 seed 718 down with disease catapult no idea what the hell this is doing at a 13 seed um you know going to this matchup i was expecting it to be like a pretty standard sounding disease like cool because it was a catapult because it's at a 13 seed um i should have known better um i mean this moma is great um this is not the goat moma uh 7316 is the goat moma um, and anybody who says otherwise um, is just biased against the year of 2016, which is a valid bias to have. <laughs> um, but 7316 is the goat mama. This disease is absurd. Like, I, why is it a 13 seed? I don't know. It, this is probably one of my favorite jams of the entire bracket. Um, I do have it losing to the Mr. Completely, which I do rank a little bit above it. But man, I wish this was like a two or a three seed. Like, that. I don't know why it's so low. There's, there's, I feel like there's one or two jams on every bracket that ends up like this. Like there was one, you know, obviously Dick's 2021 had like some of the really high profile jams, like the Carini um, and the Simple Catapult. But then there was the the 20 minute chalk dust from the first night of that run that ended up as a 14 seed in the bracket, which is absurd. Like there, there's always something like that that just gets kind of forgotten about and swept under the rug. And this one. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking eight years ago on fish.net, but this is not the right spot for this jam. They weren't thinking. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, no, I have, I have, problem. I have this uh, disease as my ninth favorite jam of the bracket. So yeah, woefully underseated. Uh, just as a downbeat rager. And this is a great catapult. Catapult can kind of be a chameleon, can kind of kind of fit the fit the mood, fit the moment. Uh, but this this is a really rocking catapult. It's a wonderful MoMA. Uh, I love, it's kind of got a little mm-hmm. bit of a Plinko vibe. I, I like Mike's tone here. It's marimba-esque, not marimba-lumina-esque, but just marimba-esque. Uh, but yeah, for me, uh, it was disease all the way. And I have this disease beating the tube, upsetting the tube, uh, if you go by the seating, but then uh, losing to the Mr. Completely in the, I guess that would be the Sweet 16. Look, 
at the end of the day, if you're going to put together a bracket, there has to be at least one to two people who are heading the committee who are rational folks and are <laughs> able to say, this is wrong. <laughs> this is wrong. And this is why this is wrong. And I will hear no further opinions. And this is what's happening. There was clearly no one watching the controls when this bracket was being assembled because how this down disease slips to a 13 seed is just completely beyond me. I have no idea what logical argument you could make to say that it is not a top 10, possibly even a top five jam of the year. Uh, this moment's great. That's the problem. This moment's great. It's really good. It's not a four seed. I don't even think that this moment is a 13 seed to like flip these around. I don't think that that does the work either. It's not even just like a misprint. This moment is probably a nine or a 10 seed. It's not going to be the best jam that you hear, but it really finds a unique, cool subsection of MoMA that delivers a lot on relisten, surprises you if it's the first time you've ever heard it, and is the kind of jam that like you'd throw on when someone was like, hey, give me a off-the-cuff fish jam that you recommend I listen to that may kind of shock me. You throw this to a friend and they're like, shit, that was really good. How have I not heard that in Groovy. however many years? Um, this disease, though, it's one of the best down diseases that ever been played. Full stop. I don't know what that list looks like. Is that 20 jams? Is that 50 jams? It's one of the best. Whatever that list is of best down with disease, this is on mm -hmm. that list. It grooves. It's thematic. It touches on psycho killer at times. It is a fluid segue into one of the best catapults that the band has ever played. It is one of the only melodic and musical catapults. It's there with Dix 2021. It's there with Big Cypress. It's there with the best catapults that have ever been played. This is an amazing jam. I have it beating the Jabu in the next round. I have it beating the Mr. Completely in the Sweet 16. Whoa. Until it loses to the Bathtub Gin in... Um, Oop, I shouldn't say that. Still loses to the two seed. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler, alert. Spoiler, alert. You, Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. This down disease rules. Um, I don't know how it's ranked this low. I'm sorry to everyone who overlooked it because of its ranking. Please, please, please go pause the podcast right now. Brian, and listen to this Brian down is sorry. Come back. Brian is sorry for you because yeah. you didn't rank it higher. Make, make no mistake. That, that, that's, I, that's what that is. Yeah, that's a I, good point. That's I, I good think point. this disease and in the uh, Anastasio bracket, the Miami gym and the Deer Creek melt are the three like woeful underseeds of this whole, whole rotten affair. <laughs> Our next matchup, we've got the 225 theme from the bottom at a six seed up against the 221 Mike song free at an 11 seed. They, they loved including segues into free in this bracket. I, right. It's very strange. Like it's cool. I, I love this theme so much. Um, I was really turned on to it um, last year, a year ago at this time, actually um, when I did a uh, couple weeks of road tripping with Jake Silco going to some goose shows and, you know, that was a, a big 2.0 education for me because uh, Jake loves Jake loves him some 2.0. And we listened to this theme uh, numerous times. Shout uh, out to Jake. That is good trip. taste, yes. Jake. And, and your pictures are amazing, too, sir. It's true. I, they yeah, are. I want to I want to elevate Jake as one of the uh, more preeminent members of the fish community. That dude is always listening and posting jams and he's listening to, to good stuff. So, yeah. He knows his shit. Yeah, he got you listening and to 2.0 on 2 Goose 0. Tour. I mean, that must have been exactly. difficult. <laughs> well, we, we were flipping back and forth 
Um, it, it was much easier to convince him to put Goose back on than it was to listen to 3.0 for a few hours. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but th- this theme is uh, incredible. This is up there with 11.2.13 uh, with my favorite themes of all time. Um, if you are somebody that is not familiar with the 11.2.13 theme, go listen to it because it is amazing. Um, you know, funky. Um, that that was the era of the perfect page clavitone, uh, kind of 2013, uh, to 2014, just it sounds so good. Um, I, but I'll get on a, on a tangent there. Theme easily takes this matchup for me. Um, but doesn't go any further. I have theme winning this. Uh, I don't think that this mic song or free deserves to be on this bracket either. I think it's, kind of there because it's the last big Mike song jam prior to Nashville 2015. Uh, as you noted, Justin, the segue to free is it's a segue to free. <laughs> it's a segue to free. Uh, this theme from the bottom is really fascinating. I want to second uh, your call for um, people to listen to the 11 to 2013 version that is overlooked. That last show of AC so good. is, is really overlooked. Um, but yeah, this is this is really really good stuff. I think I'm actually and I'm familiar with that one because I was 13 years old, and that was a show that my parents let me webcast the first set of. Nice. Then it was bedtime. <laughs> that's good. Yes. that's kind of like how I live my life as a 42 year old man. <laughs> uh, so I think I'm going to cite attendance uh, unbias here. I saw this theme. This was Ooh. one of the highlights of of this February 25th show in, in Philly at the Spectrum. Great theme. Uh, I really like it. To me, though, it was always a a good jam that people think is a great jam, and I could just never, never quite get there with it. Maybe, it's, maybe I just listened to it too many times, uh, and it wore out its welcome. So I'm actually, uh, even though it's not a masterpiece of a Mike's Into Free, this is actually like a, a decent segue to me because it gets organically kind of, kind of noisy. Uh, and at least it's like messy and we get into free and the free itself is kind of sloppy before they pull it together. So I'm right. not, I'm not, you know, going to church for the, for the mics into the free from Cincinnati. Uh, but it was kind of a draw here and I'm just being petulant. So I went with mics and then I have it losing, uh, in the next round. There we go. All right. Next up, we've got the eight, three chalk dust. Uh, at a three seed up against the 1231-02 Piper at a 14 seed. I mean, this Piper is an incredible statement to start off the era. First show in over two years, and they come out with this uh, really, really awesome jam. Uh, but it can't stand up against the It Chalked Dust. This thing is massive. Um, I love it. Um, one of the best Chalked Dust uh, of all time, for sure. I'll take this one over Camden 99. Um, no, maybe I won't. I'm just trying to say yeah. that so I can Careful. keep being on the... Everything is better than Camden 99, Chad. If you want to hear Justin and I argue about that one, the first ever episode of We Move Through Stormy Weather, um, we go that one against the Baker's Dozen version. Um, I think I win. Do you? Obviously, a summary of that podcast is me saying, no, the Camden Chalk Dust is amazing. There's like three perfect minutes in the middle of the jam. And then me saying that the Baker's Dozen version is better. And then then I think we just said... Who's to say who really won? Well... (laughs) I I will decide this argument right here. I I was I was present no, but, for the uh, I was present for the Baker's Dozen Chalk Dozen is one of my favorite musical moments ever. It is uh, the start of the of second time. weekend of the Baker's Dozen where it felt as though 
as the band was peaking, the entire audience was going, we're here for like another 10 days. Holy shit. What else is going to happen? And yet still that whole sentiment cannot even compare to the three minutes of perfect fish that happens in the middle of the Camden shock dust where Trey, like whatever effects he's playing there, it, there's a reason why that jam was the first episode of beyond the pond because mm. Dave Goldstein shout out to my dude. And I listened to that and said, there are 10 bands we can recommend listeners check out just because of this jam. It is one of the most innovative and beautiful fish jams. And it is also not what we are here to talk about. We are here to <laughs> talk true. about the it chalked us torch. Tangents. I can see you preparing a comeback, Ryan, and I'm just not allowing it. This chalked us torture. <laughs> hey, whose podcast is this anyway? <laughs> <laughs> this chalked us torture is fascinating. It is multifaceted. It has multiple segments. It is incredibly fast. It is being played in the middle of daylight daylight this is a this is a afternoon fish set where they go off on this crazy jam it's an amazing performance this is a close win to me because the piper that kicks off 2.0 is a very special piper awesome riffing from trey you hear the band as excited as ever to get back together you hear the band realizing in the moment and the fan base realizing like holy shit fish is back and they take it to this massive peak Beautiful Piper. Go out and listen to it if you haven't in a while. What a statement. Choctus ultimately wins. I have Choctus destroying the theme in the second round, but then losing to the number two seed um, in the Sweet 16. Yeah, I easily rolled with the Choctus torture. I like how uh, Trey returns to the Choctus theme, but kind of like loosely halfway through the jam, and then that gives them a little foundation and page is able to get creative because Trey is anchoring things and just Fishman going off, just high paced symbol mm-hmm. work. Love it. Uh, so well, the way they hit the ending. So, so good. Yeah. And how they come back, how they come back into it. So yeah, easy, easy choice. I, I have this uh, crushing uh, the, the Mike's song into, into free uh, in the next round. Uh, but that's as far as it goes. Yeah. Same here. Ne- next matchup, we've got the 723 cents at a 7 seed up against the 226 yem at a 10 seed. This 226 show has all sorts of swagger all over it, uh, this Worcester show. Maybe that's just because of the the MoMA and the yem. Um, but, you know, really, really good yem here. Um, still, I, I, I honestly, I have a hard time kind of comparing really good versions of yem to, like, really good type 2 jams. Um just because it's kind of it's it's hard to it's hard to do that, but I I, I go sense here. Um, it's a better jam. Doesn't stand a chance against the two seed um, that we'll talk about in the next matchup. But it's you know more high quality summer O three. I love this sense and subtle sounds. Um, I have it beating the yam pretty handily. Show opening sense and subtle sounds. Um, you can hear some really cool chatter before they even get into it between Trey and the band as they come out from night three at Deer Creek. Oddly, so they played um, Alpine Valley Friday, Saturday night, uh, 7-18, 7-19. Took Sunday off and then played Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at Deer Creek. One of those touring schedules that I feel like Weird. could only happen <laughs> before... 3.0 i feel like there's mm-hmm. been like one or maybe two monday shows in all of 3.0 it's kind of just one of those things that was a product of 
the band doing all the touring and routing themselves rather than outsourcing that when they came back in 3.0. Hmm. Yeah, very, I mean, if you listen to 1.0 or even yeah, 2.0 tours and you just go through sequentially, you're like, wait, they were here and now they're going here. Right. <laughs> even, and then there's two days off and then they're back here. Yeah, even, right. even, even the next day they're there. Strange. Oh, okay. Yeah. We played Nassau on February 28th. I know. Let's go to North Carolina tomorrow. <laughs> the next night. <laughs> huh? just, what could go wrong? Right, yeah, I, I <laughs> at least for them, like they're on a bus and they can sleep. Like the the poor people who drove from Long Island to North Carolina in yeah. a day. Like, ugh. yeah, pretty pretty wild. Uh, yeah, for me it was the sense over the the you enjoy myself. It feels a little bit. Uh, maybe like it's a warm up for the Camden sense that's coming in a week, but I love the expansive intro and it's a jam that just kind of steadily escalates in intensity. So great sense. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Our final matchup of the McConnell region. We've got the 1228 Frankie says at a 15 seed up against the juggernaut itself, the 228 gin at a two seed. Obviously this is part of 228. Uh, so I know this jam better than a lot of other jams in this bracket. Um, I had a, I had a, a phase, uh, during, during lockdown where I listened to this show a ton. Um, this jam is, uh, I mean, amazing. Like just, just hose gin. Oh, three winter. Oh, three, just a, a, the pinnacle of these jamming styles in this gin. Um, and I love it so much. Uh, I have it losing to the Mr. Completely in the elite eight. Um, but wow, it's, it's so good. I love the Frankie says, I think it's a really cool jam. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of posed to it because it's one of those, it's a mid first set divergent jams off of a rarely played song. I think that that's a very cool thing that is, um, whenever they do it, regardless the era, if it's a song that doesn't typically get jammed, that is jammed. And in the first set, it's kind of that context is going to like push it a little bit over the top for me. But, uh, this bathtub gin is my favorite gin of the overall year. Uh, I think it's one of the most accomplished fish jams of all time. Um, very minimal effects throughout this jam, which is mm-hmm. very unique for the era. Uh, I have this going all the way to the final four. I have it beating the sense in the second round, the chalk dust in the sweet 16 and the seven eighteen down with Z's in the elite eight, and then losing pretty handily to the cross side and painless. Um, it's an amazing bathtub gin. Similar to the cross-eyed, when I listen to this, I have a hard time placing what's going to happen next, which always intrigues me on re-listens because that surprise factor is really important. But there's just so many moments within it where the band sounds like they're simultaneously taking big risks and communicating with ease in a way that... um, you don't get throughout 2003 all the time. There's a lot of risks that don't have full communication, or there's a lot of communicative moments that don't have a lot of big risks. This is kind of the combination of both of those. And I, I love it so much. It is a really nice Frankie says, and to your point, Brian, about mid set one kind of unexpected explorations. I want to cite a jam that I don't think made the jam chart and, or, or the bracket. And that would be uh, the, uh, the Vegas two sixteen round room that gets stretched out and precedes mm-hmm. the golden lady, which I'd love for fish to bring back. Uh, but for me, yeah, it's all about the sense. It's classic. This ends up wonderful, wonderful jam. It ends up being my second favorite gin of the year. We'll 
talk about why in the in the next region. Uh, but I have the Jin going all the way to the Elite Eight, and I do have the Mister Completely beating it. There's a really cool moment about 15 minutes into this Nassau Jin where Paige goes from clav to piano around 15 minutes, and it's just. Mm-hmm. It's just a really cool moment. It kind of redirects the feel of the jam for the last five or six minutes. But great gin. Uh, also a really good Frankie Says. Awesome. And now we move into our final region of the bracket. Uh, after many hours of talking about the other three, um, <laughs> we've got the Fishman region. Uh, and we're going to start it off with something that we said before was going to take a long time to talk about because it's a really, really, really long jam. And that's the It 46 Days at a one seed up against an antelope, because why not? The 221 antelope at a 16 seed. I mean, the It 46 Days, I I don't care for this jam very much. Um, it's really long and really 2.0, and, and it's just kind of like noise for a lot of it uh, to me. And it, there's, there's a lot more compelling improv um, from them and you know, I just feel like it, it's a it's a kind of a waste of forty minutes um, to do this. Um, I can already hear people, you know, getting their pitchforks and torches out uh, to come for me on the internet, um, and I look forward to it. Um, but anyway, I'll hear your counter arguments now. Ryan, I I love you, uh, but I hate everything that you just said. Uh, this is this is. <laughs> Thank you very much. Before you criticize something, you've got to wait. In, wait until we do the '97 bracket, and I start calling those jams boring oh boy. and formulaic. Oh boy, you'll really have to, <laughs> yeah, go undercover. So this is this is one of my four Rushmore jams of of the year. This ended up being uh, my favorite jam of the year, and sort of broad yeah. thirty thousand uh, foot above the ground perspective. Uh, it's two thousand and three. Uh, we are getting out there in tones. We are going into sludgy territory where we don't know where we're going to end up. If this jam doesn't embody that ethos, I don't know what does. Uh, Brian, I know you love the waves, and I was a little hesitant about the waves. But if you can appreciate the waves, to me, it makes sense that this 46 days would be kind of like a, a more coherent, a longer uh, extrapolation of that theory. So it's a sonic adventure. It is uh, at times grating. Uh, it is at times like at 15 minutes, Trey and Paige are playing effects that are genuinely like a little freaky and a little frightening. I just love how it buzzes and pulsates and Mike and Fish build the slow motion groove in the second half of the jam, it finishes with the little rock vibe from Trey and some B3 flourishes. It's a little bluesy. I listened to this jam many times. It's been a long time since I've listened to this, but the last couple of weeks have really hit it hard. And I listened to it as loud as possible in my car on a day where I was having a, a, a tough day and this was the perfect soundtrack. It is aggressive. It is adventurous. Uh, like I said, it's this is 2003 in a nutshell uh, to me. So I'm rolling with 46 days all the way through the bracket, all the way to the top. Wow. Wait until you wait until I mean, you guys know, but wait until the people listening, if anybody's still listening at this point in the episode, wait until they hear what I have it losing to. So (laughs) before you embarrass yourself any further by telling (laughs) us what you have it losing to, um, 
I think you both make really good points. I don't think you're wrong, Ryan. It is an incredibly challenging jam to listen to. It is at times motionless. It is at other times almost against the principle of consumerism in music, which let's be real, like Fish is not just playing music for us because they want to. They're paying music because they can charge a large amount of money for us to go and see them play music. And certain times they will play in a manner that is almost like, hey, you're kind of fucking with us right now. We paid you money to like really do something mind-blowing. You paid us. <laughs> you paid us. But part of what we pay them for is that challenge. And no jam from this year better exemplifies that challenge accepted like this 46 days. And with that doesn't just come the freedom to just play for 40 minutes because, hey, we're just going to play for 40 minutes. It is the band on stage challenging themselves to play almost nothing, pushing that idea out as far as it goes until they are so far removed from whatever the song was that they started with and they stumble upon absolute brilliance. And I challenge anyone out there to really listen to the show and get to 18 minutes to around 28 minutes and not find yourself mesmerized by the music that they find there. And it gets back to something that Paige McConnell talks about brilliantly in the It documentary, where he says part of what made It so special was we allowed ourselves to go as far out into the musical landscape as possible till we were completely off the range, completely off the reservation, if you will. And at that point, you find musical con connectivity that you would never find without everything that preceded it. And that 18 to 28 minute mark, no matter your feelings about the music on either side of it, that justifies the entire experiment in my mind. Now, I think the rest of it's brilliant. I love this kind of music, but I agree with you, Ryan. It's very challenging to listen to. Um, that said, this annihilates the antelope. Uh, I have it well, I, Yeah. <laughs> I have it beating one of my favorite jams of the year in the next round. I have it going all the way to the Elite Eight where it loses to another jam from this bracket that I have slightly higher, but I don't fault Justin. I think it is a we've got big balls. Yes, we've got big balls. Yes, we've got the biggest balls of them all. Move <laughs> to name this the number one jam of 2003. Amazing For move, sure. sir. I, 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 I yield to you. I cannot <laughs> have it be the best jam of the year, but I, I think that it is an, of, of the utmost importance and required listening for all fans out there. If you call yourself a fan, you need to listen to this jam. Now, I, I'm not going to doubt that it's really important to Fish's development, and it was really like important to them to go all the way out there for whatever. Like, and, and contextually, this is a very important jam, but that doesn't make it really good. That's 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 my main point there. It can be really important to fish history while still not being that good of a jam. I just to 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 put a pin in the 46 days chat. I just think that it is <laughs> challenging, but I do think that it's really really good because I think that if you give yourself to this jam, it's going to bring you in and it's going to wrap you up and it's going to keep your attention for 40 minutes in a way that you have to be willing to listen. That's the thing. This is I not have. a jam to play on your phone while you're making dinner no. for the family or your friends. Nothing is going on. Right. Should I be on drugs? 
No, I, no. I, I listen. I listen to this driving. <laughs> I listen to this driving home from work on the way to Costco. <laughs> wow. Stone. I feel like I'd, I'd fall asleep at the wheel. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, let, let's move on. We, we could go on about this 46 days for like 40 something minutes, probably. <laughs> Next matchup, we've got the 222 tube against the 226 stash, eight and nine seeds. I go stash here. The tube to me is another average, great standard tube. Um, you know, solid funk breakdowns, whatever. Brian's making all sorts of hand motions as I drop another one of my patented Ryan Storm takes. Uh, oh, it, it, you know what? It feels really good to be taken apart for my fish takes. Um, I'm I'm way too trusted for my goose opinions, so I I, I needed I needed this. <laughs> it's it's a good stash. I don't think it belongs in this bracket. The tube while being half the length comes upon a thematic break between page and tray that is wholly unique for the year. It's like a, is it an a minor vamp? There's a bit of a vamp to it. Yeah. But this is the first tube of 2.0 and it's them hearkening back to the start stop jamming of 1997 and 1999. It's an amazing tube. It's, it's page on the grand piano tray playing minimalistic fishman locked in uh i have it losing to the 46 days in the next round but you know it's uh it's a good tube it is a good tube in my notes i wrote it's delightfully thumpy and it briefly pushes the envelope at the tail end but for me it was stash uh fairly handily uh, i like the sort of manteca plinko vibe over the over the clav to build tension I thought it was kind of unique for a stash jam. Uh, and I just like how they broadly approach the peak. But to be fair, I'm also a stash stan. Uh, it was my first favorite fish song. Uh, so, you know, disregard my my opinions on this stash, if, if you will. But for me, it was stash, although then I had the stash getting slaughtered in a gross, merciless way by the 46 days, as you would expect that jam to do in round two. All right, here here's where here's where we get into the the meat of my controversy. We've got the seven twenty two gumbo at a five seed up against the three one piper at a twelve seed. I am a sucker for a jammed out gumbo. I I love the spaces that they find in this song. You know, we talked about we briefly mentioned earlier the Starlight Gumbo from ninety seven. Um, just you know this one like. Uh, 111198. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on some other really incredible versions, but they're, oh, 8398. I could keep going. They need to jam out Gumbo again. You know, we saw last summer a nine minute version that gave me a lot of hope. Um, and they sound checked like a 16 minute one last spring, I think. So, like, may- maybe, maybe we're manifesting this right now. And an hour from the end of this recording, they'll be playing a jammed out Gumbo. That is entirely possible. Um, but, the first time I heard this gumbo, I was absolutely floored, in love immediately. This I have beating the it forty six days. Um, I, I just I, I love it so much that that may be wrong, um, but I don't really care. <laughs> I just I, I love this that. gumbo. I, I want appreciate to jam it out. You so be you, badly. my man. Yeah, I Thank appreciate you. that. Thank you. Uh, I think this gumbo is a perfect jam. And I think that there's a, 
this is where the differentiation between our ways of hearing 2.0 comes. Um, and and I, I, I'm fascinated by the way that you hear it because it's in the past for you where this is the first present fish for me. It was the first fish that like I wasn't collecting the best shows and then hearing all the rest. It was, right. I was hearing everything as it was happening. And so I have a take on 2.0 that like you let the band do what they needed to do. And the gumbo is, uh, it, it, it runs against that, that mind frame. They find a brilliant idea. They move forward with that brilliant idea. They peak that brilliant idea and that's the jam. And so I have this gumbo winning. I have this gumbo winning in the next round as well. I have it ultimately losing in a very close matchup to the 46 days because of the 46 days being the thesis jam in a lot of cases for the era. But everything you said about this gumbo is accurate. It is a perfect jam. It is up there with that cross-eyed and painless. It is up there with the down with disease. It is up there with a number of jams that we've talked about here, the bathtub gin, the Yamar. It doesn't have a bad note. There's not one moment in the jam that you're like, I would replace that measure and the rest of it is perfect. This is improvisation meets composition in an absolutely brilliant way that almost no other band can do the way that Fish can. I also love the gumbo. That is very well said. And this is an interesting little corner of this region. I mean, I obviously love the 46 days. Uh, I really love this gumbo. Uh, we'll talk about a jam in the next round that I really, really love. Uh, but uh, I, I appreciate how Mike kind of goes atonal uh, early and then Paige and Trey kind of play an upbeat little stretch as a counterpoint. And I like how it builds to a groove. Uh, just a wonderful jam to me that the Raleigh uh, Piper or no Greensboro Piper, excuse me, is it's cool. It's chill. It gets out there, but it feels like it's the last show of the tour and we're kind of ready to go, mm. go back home. to. And Vermont. they were in Long Island the night before. Yeah. It feels like we rode right. the bus <laughs> and I, I probably back then they were all on the same bus and we rode from Long Island all the way to friggin' Greensboro, North Carolina. So this was one of my, Actually, this was the the lowest ranked piper of all the pipers in this bracket for me. So yeah, it's a gumbo. It's a great gumbo. All right. All right I, I wanted to just double check the drive length there. Um, if you left Nassau right now, okay, it's only a nine hour drive apparently, but that's like that's still a lot. I, I posted something about that and then people told me about, I forget what year it was, but there was like a, a star Lake to Alpine Valley, uh, day to day combo at some mm -hmm. point. Yeah, that, that was, was 99, the... 723, 99 to 724. And then back to deer Creek, which where the uh, tour and routing would have made sense to go from, Oh no, sorry. It would, that was Columbus to, yeah, um, maybe you're thinking of, uh, 2009 went Star Lake to Deer Creek to Alpine. I don't know. At any rate, there have been a couple of other day-to-day uh, -day tour stops that were about this far, but this is about as far as they get. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Next matchup, we've got the 222 Bathtub Gin at a 4 seed up against the 215 Ghost at a 13 seed. Both enjoyable jams. Overwhelming power of the gin wins here. Another Winter 03 juggernaut this is my favorite gin of the year because i feel like it embraces the the dirty grimy kind of sound of the era 
the Nassau gin is fantastic, but I love, love the Cincinnati gin. I have this as my eighth favorite jam of the bracket. So to me, this should be like a, a two seed or a three seed, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went with the, I went with the gin, uh, the, the ghost and, and this was, you know, someone had the sheet up in Vegas. You haven't played ghost in a million days and they played the ghost and it's solid, especially, uh, for not being played in a while, but to me, it was just, uh, I don't know. It, it was a, a more little, about the moment, more about the moment of the context. It was a little leisurely to my ears. And mm-hmm. I just love this gin so much. Yeah, I think it's a good ghost. It's a good return, but um, the gin does something that uh, not a lot of bathtub gins have done where it, it returns early to the bathtub gin theme and then dements and distorts that theme over like an eight or nine minute period in time. And it it, it is the dedication to one idea we can push as far out there as possible and see what happens. And we don't know where we're going. And you get that in this gin. And that is something that makes this whole year so special. I have this gin just slightly behind. I think the top three gins of the year are uh, 228, 79, and 222. But I think that those three are basically one one a one b it's it's a very very close matchup it's it's a mm-hmm. high high bad and average year at the, at the peak moments for gin all right next matchup we've got the two twelve twenty nine piper at a six seed up against the 723 sneak and sally at an 11 seed i went sally here um definitely suffering for some from some piper fatigue at this point in my listening mm-hmm. of this bracket um but man this sally just just digs in that, that that special brand of 2.0 funk when they when they got into it they got into it and that that's part of part of it is like the grime of, of of the sound and trey's tone and just how everything was going and how walked in mike and fish were but this sally is great it doesn't make it past um the the second round but wins this matchup yeah i think the sally is appropriately seated at uh at 11 i love mike's tone you mentioned trey's tone i think mike sounds wonderful great groove it's kind of mid-tempo mm-hmm. i i did go with the piper uh and in spite of you know having so many pipers in the bracket and deservedly so in most most instances uh this uh, i feel like was kind of the most classic of all the pipers this was just a straight ahead rager in miami so for for me it was piper although i don't have it going much farther than the second round yeah, I have Piper winning here. Uh, I love the Sally. I love the groove of Sally, the first Sally of 2.0. Um, I think one of two. The other one had a vocal jam, uh, the, the the encore of Vegas Night 1, uh, 2004. Um, this Piper, as you said, it doesn't do anything super special, but what it does, it does really well. It's very economical. Uh, it is the, you know, we're, we're, we're two nights ahead of, fish being around for one year at this point in time, you know, back in 2.0 for one year. And they open up with Piper the same way that they did on 1231 would have been too uh, symmetrical to open 1231, 2003 with Piper. So just do it a couple nights earlier. And it has this amazing peak in a very, very similar fashion as the 123102 version. I love it, but ultimately have it losing in the next round. Our next matchup, second to last, no, just kidding, third to last matchup of the bracket. Uh, we've got the 227 below at a three seed up against the 1230 Gin 2001 at a 14 seed. 
Um, I went seven below here. Um, I felt this was like another one where they were like, let's string two songs together and it will be way better than if they were on their own. Um, seven below is the stronger jam to me. Um, you know, my, my having two songs together bias aside, seven below is better. Yeah, totally agree. I went seven below, uh, of, of the Rosemont jams, uh, I'd like the tweezer the most and then the seven below the second most. And the reason why is because they ride the seven below groove, but they get into new territory and it gets kind of dark and it gets kind of spacey, but economically so. And there's just a, a very crisp return back into the form of the song by Mike. Apparently in 2003, I didn't realize this until we were doing all this bracket listening. There are several jams where it's Mike who brings things home in like a very yeah. on on a dime sort of a way. He was aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. He was out there. So, and I have the seven below, uh, easily cruising, uh, past the Miami Piper into the, uh, sweet 16. Seven below all the way for me. Um, you make a really astute point, Ryan, and I want to ask you a question. So, you know, you said, mm -hmm. let's put a jam in there with another song just because together they're better than they would have been separate. So you and I have had many debates offline about say uh, about segues and whether or not they belong in brackets my yeah. justification for it is if you cannot have the jam without a segue then the segue segment should be in there for example um the rock and roll seven below sense and subtle sounds that is a those three songs need to be together to me where you get into really messy territory the two uh, segues into free that we have here, the cross side and the thunderhead, which I don't know why the thunderhead's there, but specifically it's gratuitous. The, it's gratuitous. The gin into 2001 here. If you take the gin on its own, it's not a bracket jam. If you take 2001 on its own, it's not a bracket jam. You combine them. It's still not a bracket jam. It's just kind of a cool, unique, <laughs> but <thing>. it's there, <laughs> but it's there in, in the goose 2022 bracket. To me, you don't have arrow from three, two without all I need. Like you need those two songs meshing together and, and, and fusing into a single piece. And so when I hear those, I hear them as one complete jam versus one song and one song. So I just say that I'm, I'm curious your thoughts. I don't want to go on too much of a tangent, but we are near yeah. the end. So what is one more tangent here? Maybe two more. What, when you maybe hear, three depends on how we feel. Maybe three fish isn't coming on for 30 minutes. Let's go on a tangent about tangent. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great band called tangent. It's true. We have now crossed the, the ticket time. We have now crossed the ticket time for tonight's show. So Oof, congratulations to us. Um, does what yeah, I say so make any sense? Like in terms of does. the way that you think about this? Absolutely. I, I think it's a slippery slope. Once you start being like, yeah, these two jams, like they need to be together to be valid. Then you start having things like the Magna ball tweezer pants as one entry in the bracket, which is just not a fair thing to have together. Even though those two jam, like I'm not ever listening to just the tweezer or just the Caspian zero, zero times out of 10. Will I put on one of them? I'm, I'm listening to all 35 minutes or whatever um, that is because it's, it's one piece of music, but it's two songs. And so that's, that's why I can't justify having them together because then where do you draw the line? Like for Goose, then you have the Perry Western Sun Echo as one entry in the bracket. And it's 52 minutes 
and there is zero way that it's losing to anything. Like it's going to so get ninety percent of the vote in every matchup. Art. C- correct. I'm thinking about fairness for the integrity of the competition. It just like you can't give a fair shake to every jam if you're lumping things together like that. And so that's why I'll allow something like catapult because catapult is the lyrics. It's catapult never going to be on exist its own. Yeah, yeah. over any piece of music or they could do it on its own. They could open a set with catapult and then jam Fair. for 20 minutes and it would be they catapult. Should be a good idea. They should do that tonight. Really good idea. <laughs> um, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I get what you're saying. And, and we'll, yeah. we'll, we, we can sit, sit down to draw the line it. somewhere. You got to draw the line somewhere. And I think we can all agree that this bathtub gin in 2001 would not be on this bracket separate. And it should not be on this bracket together. It's a seven below all the way. This is, I still think the best seven below that the band has ever played. Ooh. Uh, it's, it's absolutely. 1231.18. This one's stronger, uh, but I love that version. This one, it just, it, this is so seamless. Say, Ryan, we should do a podcast episode about that. Say, Ryan, we did a podcast episode about what? both of those, and I love both those jams. I have this going <laughs> to the Sweet 16 where it loses to my Final Four pick from this region. Uh, it beats the Piper handily, but um, ultimately loses uh, to a very similar sounding jam that we're going to get to here in a second. Perfect. I love that we we were able to touch on both of uh, my we moved through stormy weather episodes with the two of you throughout this. Just that was natural. About Plus, natural. I was able was to bring goose beautiful. into a I'd, fish podcast, feel, which is always that's a goal that's easy. I feel like all two hours of this was just a, a long game setup to uh, for Brian to make that argument about that goose segue. <laughs> oh, he Brian Brian plays the long game on on arguing about his goose opinions with me. He'll like bring them up. You know, we're almost three hours into this, but anyway. Our second to last matchup. We've got the 220 Tweezer at a seven seed up against the 222 Walls of the Cave at a 10 seed. I find that most of these Walls of the Cave jams are just like long type one and then they get into like a churny thing. Um, not doing it. Is that a technical term? What, the churny thing? A churny right, thing. It's right that's, next to the churny thing. Musical space. Very, very technical. <laughs> if you go to Berkeley, they'll teach you about the churny thing. Um, Have you asked Jeff tweezers... about the journey thing? Because I'd like more journey things. <laughs> this is a really good tweezer. You know, another one of the many entries in this bracket from 220. Um, it, it wins this matchup. It's not going to win anything else. Yes, yeah. good. Yes, it will. Uh, this this tweezer is fantastic. Oh. Whoa! This tweezer attendance bias. This I, I wasn't. It was Brian who was at this at this uh, Rosemont yes. show. Not no. not me. Yeah. I was at State College rounding out my uh, education. Uh, but well, why weren't you at Rosemont? I was probably mm-hmm. in like dynamic m- meteorology meteor meteorology like four or something. But uh, <laughs> this is my Same. this tweezer is my favorite jam from Rosemont. Um, I, it's my seventh favorite jam of the year. How it is a seven seed, which would imply being like around 28. It's your seventh favorite jam of the year. So it's a seven seed. <laughs> if there were only one one region, that would that would make sense. <laughs> that would be a heck of a region. Uh, but I love the big washes of sound, uh, rhythmic swirling. I almost thought I heard Trey teasing uh, Cannonball. 
uh, that Breeders song mm, from like like Bomb Bomb Factory Tweezer. Didn't they do that yeah. back then? Uh, and then some Clean Trey Peaks. Um, I hadn't listened to this in a long time though. Uh, I yelled to myself in the car, uh, "Hell yeah!" as the jam peaked, uh, and I was the only person uh, in the car, so it really moved me. I love doing that. Uh, I have the Tweezer uh, going all the way to the uh, Elite Eight of this wow of of this but but then i have it because i'm the 46 days stan i have it being beat by the 46 days naturally i love this tweezer um i think you're absolutely right i think this should be a two or three seed four seed at the lowest i think it's a strong jam i think the thing that's most interesting about this tweezer though is that when you listen to it in the context of where the band was at it's them setting up the nassau tweezer and, and a lot of the big themes that they pull out of in Nassau, and I argue that they do it better than they do it here, are originate in here. And if you listen to this jam followed by Nassau, it is it has the same effect of like uh, when a band makes a really good album that is a departure from their traditional sound, but then the next album is like an an absolute classic and it stands on its own and it's like the only it's a very unique thing it's the same effect of like like radiohead made okay computer and it's a very different album from the bends but it's still primarily a guitar rock album and then they come out three years later and they they throw kid a at the world and as a complete departure while also being arguably the best radiohead album and so this tweezer sets the table for where they're going to go in the nasa in, in nassau and then they come out a week later and they play an all-timer top 15 20 jam of all time so i love this tweezer it does lose to our final matchup whoa 215 seed i will talk about the it birds a of a feather at a 15 <laughs> seed and the 730 camden yeah camden camden mm-hmm. sense Yep, at a two seed. Um, another podcast episode on this one. I've done a lot of episodes with 2.0 jams. Against your will. Good reason. There's, there's, I, I good, mean, there's a lot of good, good 2.0. <laughs> um, yeah, the, that, that was a good episode too. But man, um, I believe um, in that episode, uh, it was with um, a good friend of mine that I met on the internet uh, through the fish community. Uh, his name's Joe May. Uh, he's a musician from North Carolina. Um and I believe he described uh, this sense as it being big boy hours, something, some, something to that effect. Um, and it's a really apt description. I have this sense all the way to the final four before losing to the Nassau Tweezer. It is a, it is a force to be reckoned with. And there's pro shot video of this on the internet. This is the third song of the show. Yeah. Also that. <laughs> I've, I've referenced this multiple times to this podcast episode, um, but it, it, it deserves being mentioned again. The run from 729 to 8303 is among the best weeks in fish history. Every single show is a classic. Every show is packed full of jams. The Sense and Subtle Sounds is just a part of that. And for me, I think the two best shows of the 2.0 era are 22003 and 7303. Nassau being just below that in terms of overall quality music, Nassau kind of falls off after the tweezer, after the Bowie. Um, this sense and subtle sounds is the third song of the show. It's a 30 minute jam. It is like waking up from a dream at like four or five o'clock in the morning, midsummer when the light is just so soft off on the horizon, but it's there really, really early in the morning. Uh, it's like a cool breeze and you're just kind of like emerging from a dream 
and it, it's 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 like the best wake up call jam you could ever have. Justin referenced the crash symbol earlier uh, in the overall uh, uh, in the overall um, uh, 2003 period in time and, and musical style. Fishman at the end of this jam, just it is is amazing, stunning stuff. Uh, I have this beating the 220 tweezer. I have it beating the 227 below. I have it beating the it 46 days, and I have it losing in the final four to tweezer. Wow, I feel like we really have. I mean, we all agree this is a great sense. This jam reminds me of just like how much effort it takes. It it feels it feels like we are getting a jumbo jet off the runway like this doesn't just happen effortlessly it it takes work and i can almost kind of hear that work early in the jam um but it turns effortless as they just follow fishman um so i love this sense uh this is my 11th favorite jam of of this bracket but like i said I actually have it being just narrowly beaten by the by the tweezer and then i have the 46 days coming out of this bracket or out of this region and ladies and gentlemen, that 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 will do it for this did we do 2003 it? Jam of the Year bracket. We did do it, and Fish is minutes away from taking the stage for the show tonight, so could not have happened at a better time. But gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure uh, deep diving on another year uh, with the two of you. I look forward to many more of these in the future. Obviously, we mentioned 2018 will be up next, which I am very much looking forward to. It's always fun. Love talking fish with you guys. And uh, Ryan, I, th I think not only with all this 2003 listening, did we put uh, more hair on your chest? You're probably going to have hair coming <laughs> out of like your eyeballs uh, after after all of this intense 2.0 jamming. It was a good it was a good growth episode for all of us as we we dug in our heels, we dug our trenches. We looked at each other from opposing. We took a few shots. Overall, I think that we agree. 2003, a very challenging and very strong year of fish containing some of their best jams. Um, I can't wait to do this again with you guys. What are we doing next? 2018? 2018, baby. Best, one of the best years of fish history. Let's do it. We're gonna have we'll to see about it. that. It's, it's got some very, uh, well, we'll, very we'll interesting stuff. We'll save that stuff, for the next but, episode. Uh, let's, let's, let's cool it down a little bit over there. We'll save that. Uh, we're going to... We're gonna go watch a fish concert happen now. Um, or two of us are. Justin's gonna to go to bed. <laughs> that's, that's fair. It's about time. That's fair. Soon. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much, and thank you anybody who's still listening at this point in the episode. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of We Move Through Stormy Weather. Have a fantastic day, and I will see you next time. Hey music fans, we wanted to let you know about Music on the Mountain, a show that will feature Anders Osborne, Dogs in a Pile, and Saints and Liars. This show will be directly after the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run at 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th at the base of Akimo Mountain in Ludlow, Vermont. 
The show is presented by The Phoenix, a national nonprofit organization offering support to those in recovery and anyone impacted by substance use to celebrate recovery. If you're running in the Divided Sky Foundation's fund run, you'll be automatically registered for the show. It's a family-friendly event, and all proceeds from ticket sales and other donations benefit the Divided Sky Foundation. Visit Music on the Mountain, that's musiconthemtn.com, for more info and to get tickets. That's musiconthemtn.com. Hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo. And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. 